said I don't know if I've ever been good enough I'm a little bit rusty and I think my head is caving in And I don't know if I've ever been real in love But him that's touched me and I feel like something's got to give And I'm a little bit angry, well, this ain't over No, not here, no Not well, I still need you around You don't own me, we might change, yeah Yeah, we just might feel good Get no, all the Shaq. icy hot he wants. No, Shaq gets in car accidents on purpose because that's how he gets turned on. <laughs> this is Crash. This is JG Ballard slash David Cronenberg's Crash. Crash. Oh. I was uh, riding my uh, bike home from work and I was listening to some music on my cellular telephone and the song I was listening to referenced JG Ballard and I almost got into a fucking car accident. Oh I was almost like taken, <laughs> taken out. That's I was a almost deep fucking... cut. It was almost swiped. I know you used it as a deep cut once in a very we did, famous. We did a whole sketch. puffin sketch about how I played JG Ballard and no one got it. Yeah, exactly. And it was uh well the song was called Cult Boyfriend about uh not everyone understands what's appealing about me, but <laughs> I And he compared I, himself to JG Ballard, Meet the Feebles. Uh <laughs> I couldn't relate. Meet the feeble. No, I'm very popular. I'm, I'm, I'm really, My tastes I'm really... are incredibly mainstream and well yeah, accessible to all. Like like many men with multiple podcasts, I uh, I'm I'm a feast at the at the dating scene. Mm-hmm. A feast. Which I gotta say, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If I didn't have these podcasts, I would be way worse. I would be way less good to hang. I would have nowhere to get rid of this. I would, have, I would have nowhere to exercise this. You would just be no, no, no. There's a actually very there's a long-standing and very New York way to get these urges out, Kevin, and it's called screaming on the street corner. Mmm. There's too many people with that job already. The market's really saturated. <laughs> it's a very, it's, it's a very. No, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. You have to disrupt the streets, the, the corner screamer supply, market. The law of supply and demand is fucking completely out of whack as far as people screaming on the sidewalk goes. A lot of supply, not a lot of demand. <laughs> low demand. The market value on screaming on the street is actually very low. And as a as a you know, I gotta rise, I gotta grind, I gotta mm. I gotta I when it, when I'm in my hustle grind set, I can't be wasting my time with what everyone else is doing. You know, you chumps are goofy. You got you you guys are absurd. I'm 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 all in on screaming futures. I this is gonna get big any day now. I want to buy screaming on the corner at eighteen shares for <laughs> four and a half. For four and a half, it's gonna it's only gonna evaluate evaluate with time. Absolutely. You know, exactly. those are those 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 screaming shares are gonna put your fucking grandkids through college, exactly through underwater climate change college. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly through uh, through through fish shepherding. 
Um, whale in, maintenance? In the year 2055, everyone will be a scuba diver professionally. <laughs> Ooh. That sounds good, actually. Yeah. Changing oh. my tune on all this. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where, you, where you, like, where, where you take off your, uh, your snorkel to kiss your wife goodbye, and as you, like, pick up your briefcase and swim out the door. Yeah. Um, as I say, Goodbye, honey. Oh, what is it? Okay, so what is it? What is it? Uh, the Flintstones are a caveman family. The Jetsons are a future family. What is the Hanna-Barbera? Oh, Jabberjaw. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 we're making one. We're making one. We're making what's, what's like the underwater nuclear climate family change. that lives under the sea is yeah, what we're talking the, about, Justin. The affected th- by climate change family. Is it um, like you? C-Lab 2020? Yeah, no, a new no, one. No, we're making one. Oh, a new one. <laughs> a new family. Justin, we're having fun improv with Oh, friends. okay, sorry. I thought we were reverse <laughs> engineering the snorks. Nerd. No, Actually, it's Justin, I wrote the list of famous Hanna-Barbera properties. <laughs> I, You're not telling me anything I don't already know. We gotta but make it. You were missing one. the Roman holidays, Vern. They Where were, were the very, huddles on your list? They were very low on the list. <laughs> where they was were... Cubic? Uh, uh, where were cubic. Uh, the I Hair Bear think, Bunch? I didn't think anyone needed to hear about Devlin. You know what I mean? <laughs> but everyone wanted to hear about Buford. Buford? I, I was think... just, before you joined, I was just telling Kevin about the banana splits. <laughs> It's true. It's actually, was, this is a, a deeply Hanna-Barbera show. I think the underwater family is maybe called the Reefs. Ooh, you got George okay. Reef, you got Wanda Reef. Okay, That's good. Okay. That's good. You got uh, you got two kids, one of each, two yep. genders. Dude. And they've got, and they've got, um, in the back of the house, like, it's all underwater like Spongebob, but in, yeah. the, in the back of the house, they have, like, a hot tub and it's a whirlpool. Cool. Ah, that's fun. And uh, or it's a hot air tub. A hot air tub, and like, so in because this is the other thing. Uh, and the Flintstones, the saber tooth tiger locks Fred out, and uh, the Jetsons. Astro sees a space cat and starts running on the outside conveyor belt, and George Jetson gets cut on that. Mm-hmm. So in this one, it's like they either have a pet catfish. Or their pet dogfish gets distracted by a catfish. Good. Um, and like I don't, it may be like George Reef gets stuck in the whirlpool, just spinning around and around and around. Wanda! I love the the fish pun thing, but if I may suggest, as the mischievous family pet, a seal. Oh, of course, of course. Seal is good. A, a, a yeah. seal does tricks. A seal is beloved. They are just one of, of God's course. naturally funny animals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can still talk like this. Then, and, yeah. And, and, like, the kids, the school bus is a bunch of, like, yellow fish swimming in a pattern together, and it's a school of fish. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a big mm-hmm. yellow and they, whale. And, yes, and they get picked. Yes, that's right. They get swallowed by a big, like, Jonah whale that's yellow, and that's all. I can't think of the kids' names. Like, they're they're at the school of fish, George. We've got the day off, mm-hmm. you know, or George whatever Reef. it might be. George, George Reef. Reef. And um, it, no, no, no. George Reef is the dad, and Christopher Reef is the son. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> oh boy. Oh shut up, yeah. you love it. You know. But the, but the live was... studio audience for this cartoon thinks it's so I, funny. That's right. you know? I don't mind I don't mind being No, the I think it's the funny if there's a studio audience. I think it's funny if there's a studio audience and they're all they're on board for the show. They love the show, but then Christopher <laughs> Reef comes on and there's this like X Pac heat from the studio audience. <laughs> There's like you can't. <laughs> they keep him on the show, but you can't hear what he's saying at all. He's always George like George Reeve. Yeah, Christopher Reeve has like 2017 Roman Reigns heat. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. like they, the audience just like you people like, want to kill him. You can see that they're like you can see that they're like projecting, trying to talk over the crowd, but you're hearing nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's like he occupies like the wacky neighbor role. So there's right. this like. A minute, a two and a half minutes of Everbrisa Wars. So the audience just like mm. just reacting as if it's like mm. Brett Harley Jarvis is on yeah. screen. <laughs> oh, 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 no, no, no. Oh, yeah. So one of their neighbors is and like they a hate wacky him because neighbor. one of their neighbors needs to the be a name. military guy out of like a sunken submarine. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And he's like the two up. He's the Squidward. He's the uptight neighbor. Mm. The, uh, yeah. Okay. And he's, he's got, a very yeah. traditional, like, Russian military sub guy. You have to get in order. Yeah, he's got That's... a Russian accent, and he's a hard ass. Like, they, the, the reefs are, like, somehow under, like, an HOA, and it's called, like, Home, o- Home Oceanographers Association or something like that. <laughs> and their Russian submarine neighborhood is always just giving him a fucking hard time about everything. Like, like, uh, like, like, it'd, be, it'd be a mixture of, like, Russian and, like, German. Like, U-boat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like, 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 just like just uptight European. Yeah. We, the, the writers don't... The writers don't care too much. No. They just, you know, he's he's a wacky, angry foreigner yeah. neighbor. Mm. It, it, um, instead of medals, he has, like, the re- he has, like, a red starfish pinned to his coat all the time. <laughs> yes. Good. Yes. And it's a, and it's a living starfish. And, uh, and he's like a like he's like a mutley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, like what he does is like every time like the we'll call him the general. Every time that the general wakes up, he like opens his metal case and just whistles, and all the little starfish like jump yep, up and like yes, pin themselves I on love his it. coat. I love it. I love it. And there's like some episode where Wanda Reef tries to like. She realizes that uh, she gets along with the general's wife, but George Reeve doesn't get along with the general. No, and they're so too like, different. And they and so they like try to like book a couple's date where they're like sea horseback riding mm-hmm. together. Uh, and of course, like the two the two girls get along perfectly, but the two fathers are they're constantly yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the general can ride a seahorse really well. Mm-hmm. George Reeve is. And then, like, of course, whenever that's whenever the Christopher Reef came, and you just hear the audience just like, ah, "Get that fucking shit off this fucking screen!" I, I would love to see people yell at Astro that way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like that—that's who Christopher Reef is. He is just that, like, just generic, um, toe-headed little boy. Oh, you mean Elroy? Oh, yeah, that's it, Elroy. Yeah, uh, yeah Astro's a doll. Yes, excuse me. Um, but yeah, like Chris- Christopher good. fills that niche, and just the audience fucking hates his guts. Mm-hmm. Um, just furious. Just like, 
like just they become like unhinged whenever oh, he yeah. appears on screen. Oh no, you can like you can hear someone throw a chair in the studio <laughs> audience. <laughs> it just gets very, very rowdy, and somehow the writers are like, they 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 shrug it off. You know, like they're they're like, no, this is this character will work. This character will. We'll win them over. Mm. Just give it time. We, we've never had a character this funny before. Exactly. <laughs> He's a funnier character than we've had in a long time. It's like that, poetry. It rhymes. That Hanna-Barbera. He's a funnier character that Hanna-Barbera as an entity has had in a long time. Uh, George oh yeah, and, Lungfish. Oh, and, and, then, and then as like a crossover special, the Fablemans show up in their submarine restaurant. Oh, the yeah, the, the underwater. In, in Steven Spielberg's dive, his, yes. his submarine-themed Times Square the, restaurant. The Fox, the... Uh, the Fox Box Saturday morning cartoon of Steven Spielberg's die, dive of all of them mm-hmm. having the restaurant together. Sammy Fableman, there's a pet monkey. Right. Uh, there's a, there's a sidekick. They're of that always show. getting into hijinks. Sammy yeah, and the pet just monkey. like how the Jetsons met the Flintstones, the the Reefs yeah. will meet the Fablemans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how the Harlem Globetrotters are on you know, Scooby uh-huh. Doo. It's like the cast of The Abyss. James uh-huh. Cameron's The Abyss. Yeah, so like every once favorites. in a while they'll meet like it's Amelia Earhart. And she's like in a sunken airplane. Uh, of course. Well, it's our boys course. in blue from the Lusitania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, J- James, got... James Cameron is like a series regular. Like he shows up mm-hmm. every yeah. season. Davy they... Jones is a recurring antagonist. Yeah. Yeah, they have. But it's Davy Jones, and it's someone doing an impression of Davy Jones of the monkeys. From the monkeys, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah, he yeah. is a pirate captain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, the antagonist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so glad we're on the same page. Yeah. About what's and there's going gotta on be, Jones. you know, just like how like you know Don West appeared on What's New Scooby Doo and and all this stuff. One of the celebrity guests in one of the episodes has to be like, of course they say C list celebrity, and it's S E A. Uh, and he's just like, and here I was thinking I was all washed up. You know, they got to do all these like underwater puns yeah. uh, they, for this one character. They Whoever have like this... a harrowing crossover with Waterworld to like help mm-hmm. promote the movie. Mm-hmm. It does look like shit. <laughs> this is Dennis Hopper and his weird samurai like cyclops uh, uh, <laughs> eye patch that he wears. Kevin Costner's character teaches them the value of drinking their own piss. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the whole yeah. Uh, I think I think we got us a hit on our hands. We got a boys. show, boys. Yeah. I think we got us a hit, and with the you know with the with, with everyone has caught water fever with Avatar: The Way of Water. Mm-hmm. It's time for a reboot of the reboot. must must see TV, and again it's S E A. I'm really glad I've been rolling for the last 13 minutes. This is <laughs> this is the good shit. I don't know if this is a post credits on, but I don't know what I don't know what to do with this. This is but, something, or hey, is this hey, just fellas? Here's something. Here's something. Here's, here's something. something. This is just I maybe or maybe this is how the episode begins with 14 minutes of absolute. Absolute <laughs> cockamamie <laughs> worship of the reefs, right? Of the reefs. Meet the re- no, no, no. Crash into the reefs. Oh, gotcha. Too, too clever. What about get wrecked with the reefs? There's mm. in the opening credits. You know how like uh, in the opening credits, there's they're posing for a photo or something. They're settling the they're settling up the the universe mm-hmm. the show takes place in. They've got it, but, like, but the person taking a photo is an octopus who has like. 
six, of uh, like six of those like shutter. And he's fans. holding the little thing that explodes when he takes the. Yeah. You guys are seeing this perfectly, but of course, like the family looks directly into the camera that we, the audience, see. And and George Reef is like, "Come on, family, wave." You know, just like it's we got to do like. Like the Flintstones did rock puns. I'm right. assuming the Jetsons did space puns. Mm-hmm. This has to be under undersea puns. It's all sea. It's all flotsam and jetsam, yeah. baby. Uh-huh. Which I think I think is a richer scene to mine from. What do you mean you squid your job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Does, that that's the pilot. Is George Reef quits his job uh-huh. at like the pearl making factory? Of course. Mm-hmm. Wanda um, Reef where, is, like, uh, where, like, know, where, they're... where they make pearls by adding a tiny grain of sand into an oyster and then just picking it up and then just shaking it really hard. Yeah, it's like Good. a conveyor belt that he's got like an eyedropper or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Doink, 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 and perfectly into every mm-hmm. little uh, clam that comes by. We what see about them Wanda in bed Reef? reading, and they've got anglerfish lights like dangling mm-hmm. over the yep. bed so they can uh-huh, read. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh look, the mail's here, and they open the door, and there's this like hook hanging from the sky that's got the mail like it's punctured through the mail, and they take the Good. mail <laughs> off the hook. And uh, then they and open cor- it, and then the ink is completely run. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, George, you're such a blowfish, and the audience <laughs> thinks that's the funniest fucking thing a, they've ever is, heard. Is dying. The audience for that cartoon. And uh, yeah, George is like. There's one uh, point where George is like, "Ah, oh, my pen's out of ink," uh, and he ha- he <laughs> he hands it off to like. There's like a little octopus or a little like squid, and he's like, <laughs> and he like he takes it into a bathroom. He's like, "I'll be right back, boss." <laughs> just like, and the joke is, the squid is gonna go fuck this pen <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> just fuck himself with the pen. Uh huh. It's just like like he's like yeah, giving no, and then the squid like, comes out and he's like smoking six <laughs> cigarettes. And he's looking at the ballpoint pen. He's like, "Was it good for you?" Yeah, <laughs> he's got a cigarette on each right. tentacle. Yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. I think a squid smoking six cigarettes is really funny. <laughs> I think that's really. Funny. Was it good for you? <laughs> just... This squid is played by Seth Rogen. Of course, uh, of course. And he's got yeah he's got the two little like mm. eye bags underneath his eyes to show he was really in there for a long time fucking mm-hmm. that he's tired shoot. now yeah. he's he's worn out actually like 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 as a runner the squid like develops a relationship with the pen and like mm-hmm. goes on dates and like proposes to the pen uh huh there can there can be an episode where like of course George accidentally buys some like you know a cursed relic for nothing at an estate mm-hmm. sale. That Wanda dragged him to, and and he's like complaining he doesn't want to be there because he's missing the game, um, and uh, and he's like ah come on Wanda look at this stuff and she goes isn't it neat and the other oh, 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 little mermaid oh, oh a fish called Wanda oh a fish called Wanda yeah perfect oh so oh, shit you, you know what right I realized there. we haven't fleshed out who's the daughter here like we have christopher the loathed child she oh, loves boy. to go to mall oh, she, she loves shopping. cell phone she loves shell the phone idol. she loves shell phone shell phone okay yeah is she is she is she a mermaid 
Like the sh- like the cell that like outcasted the family that yeah. black sheep is she a mermaid? Yo, all the it's Wanda's look like it's, conches. I want to establish this of course. right now. I actually daughter, like the idea of George Reef being like a full man, like a diver man. Wanda is indeed a fish. Oh, uh, and the then daughter, Christopher is Christopher is also a boy, but the daughter is a mermaid. And they no, never, no, no, no. They never Christopher is it. a reverse mermaid. He's got a fish. fish oh, I get yes, it. And boy <laughs> The audience fucking hates this abomination. <laughs> hate him. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah, but he, and they hate they hate that a character looks like this is like such a lazy pun on like a real tragedy in the industry. The audience mm-hmm. is very dialed in to what happened to Christopher Reeve, uh, and they but they, they don't just, boo George Reeve because they don't know who that is. Yeah, they don't they don't know the George Reeves joke, but they know Christopher Reeve, right? And that does bum that because the audience just got done seeing. Uh, the Flash, uh, <laughs> and they saw the... So got to see all our favorite toys uh-huh. stare blankly into the middle distance. And, but they don't They no don't know emotion. George Reef. They're like, oh, old Superman. You know what I mean? But they, they, they are tangentially familiar. Yeah. They know, they know, they more know, they mo- more know the John Williams Superman song than they do, like, those Superman movies. Mm-hmm. For but sure. But they know enough to, like, find it just horrible just absolutely abhorrent that they're doing this christopher reef joke they yeah. hate it almost and as much as christopher reef yeah. yeah sorry one one brief tiny thing before we do what we're actually here to do i was actually watching the 1978 richard donner superman last night when i was oh. like lying in bed just like okay. I don't know, hanging out yeah enjoying it enjoying a flick that is a bad movie i disagree that is the last okay. movie the last sci-fi movie that was untouched by Star Wars. That is, because that movie comes out one year, like, they would not have been able to watch Star Wars before they had, like, made all their design decisions. So it's the last time you can see, like, pre-Star Wars sci-fi that, like, we, like, we were so convinced in the 70s that the future was going to be people wearing glowing jumpsuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we it, knew mm-hmm. this in our core. Well, it was going to be that or it was going to be like or like Zardoz where everyone's wearing like flowing robes. But everything was very crystal based. Yes, mm-hmm. it's all I love that crystal that's shit all, on, on Krypton. It looks fucking good as that's hell. That's all uh, the first Star Trek movie. Star Trek the motion picture is all flowy flowy clothing, crystals, Everyone has a perm uh, for some reason. Like everyone yeah, has yeah. like very like loose, shaggy, curly hair. Because it was before we treated dumb sci-fi like it was Shakespeare. So like if you watch like Star Wars, the movie called Star Wars, like everyone just has seventies haircuts. Even like the fascist military people, you know, like they all <laughs> just have like shaggy, feathered, blown out. It was way better before we were like. You know, it's really an honor to finally play the character Glub Glub in in Star mm-hmm. Wars, the guy who came back. You know, it's just like yeah. Glub Glub is such an honored, <laughs> treasured character. I'm so uh, glad before- I can finally bring Glub Glub to the fans. Yeah, back when like when we knew what was good for us, and the guy, the actor who played Glub Glub, was like, "I don't fucking know. The rent is due tomorrow. Well, I don't. Look yes, Glub I'll. Glub, you want me to play Glub yes, Glub? I'll put this mask on my face to now, play whatever. Glub Glub. I gotta pay the rent. Yes, I do not it was an era b- before. It was an era before every character was a product. Like, I am hotboxing mm-hmm. in the Glub Glub mask right now. You know, 
yeah, it was it was a better time. It was a simpler time. Mm. Uh, it was a time before there ever was a movies for babies. Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> a time well to laugh. A time to cry. A time for war. A time for peace. Hi, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to our show. <laughs> we'll see you next week. See you next time, everybody. Bye. That Bye-bye. was our Barbie episode. Did you like our great movies for babies uh, on but, the reefs? But, but, but listeners, let me sit, let me give you all a genuine and cordial hi, Barbie, and hi, Ken. Ooh, hi, Barbie. Wow, that's hi, beautiful. Ken. Thank hi, you, Barbie. Justin, for timing it in uh, with uh, 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 what we're what we're actually here to do. <laughs> thank, thank you, uh, Justin, holding this whole. Uh, operation together, but let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about a little movie, huh? Let's talk let's talk about oh, a motion picture. the movie of the summer. Oh my gosh! Indisputably, the movie of the summer. Because that's we're right, here. we're talking about Welcome Back, Cotter, and of course John Travolta <laughs> as Vinny Barbarino. Greta hey, Gerwig. I'm a student of the Greta um. Gerwig's Barbarino. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Greta Gerwig's Barber. Greta Gerwig's Barber. Uh, Greta Gerwig's Barber of Seville. No, of course. We are here to talk about uh, the truly, as Justin said, the film of the summer. Because let me tell y'all, if you're listening to this in the future and you don't remember, uh, we are in the middle of flop summer 2023. <laughs> oh, uh, where it truly appears as if, like, the paradigm of Hollywood, not is going to, has to change. Um, because this year has been the year of very, very expensive movies that previously would have been a guaranteed buttload of money uh, falling flat on their big, stupid faces. And um, the, people not knowing what to do with that. All the Marvel shit has flopped this year. All the DC shit has flopped this year. Mm. Indiana Jones fell on his old ass and he <laughs> broke his fucking tailbone because he's so fucking old. Part and time. Like, even even a dedicated uh, 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 money maker like Mission Impossible, you know, it's lagging. It's mm. falling a little bit behind. The you know? studios have gotten so desperate. They are making. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. I don't know if you guys saw this, but a new genre of film got made this uh, this summer. There's a whole new genre. Yeah, uh, did uh, used to you'd go into a place like R.I.P. Top Hat Video, and you'd see your comedy, your drama, your action, your suspense, your thriller, mm-hmm. all these. But there's a there's a n- entirely new genre of film that was developed and has been released this summer and is the Facebook share movie. Uh, And that is, you see things like, did you know that Flamin' Hot Cheetos were invented by a janitor who sprinkled powder on Cheetos and became CEO? Which is also not true. He lied about it. It's also a made up story. That's a movie now. Did you hear about how these executives got a hold of Michael Jordan to put him on their shoes? Mm. That's a movie now. Have you heard about this Utah guy who's trying to stop human trafficking? That's a movie now. It's all He stuff. also made no, all no, no, that no. up what for the record. He made that up. Movies are now cracked.com slideshows. <laughs> yes, there are things you, that where they would spin entire movies out of one slide that mm-hmm. had a Poorly uh, photoshopped. Did you know fact? Mm-hmm. 
The movies nowadays are Facebook posts that your moldy oldies who are still on Facebook <laughs> share. That's that's the movies market, like, are now the worst fan made posters you've ever seen yes. of what if all my toys were friends mm-hmm. movies which is are, you know movies are literally just commercials now <laughs> like what we've movies done are, 2023 yeah. is the year of the real feature length commercial mm-hmm. and there was mm-hmm. last year i was really banking on something like this because you know the some there were movies out there that you know I'm sure the Marvel shit did fine like a lot of that shit did fine, but there was this phenomenal success of everything everywhere all at once specifically, mm. um, and to a lesser extent Top Gun Maverick, which is indeed a you know a, a, a it's a ba- it's a based on another movie, but was not an endless fucking franchise, and that movie made, like, a billion and a half dollars that nobody thought it was gonna fucking make, and is remarkably well made. And I said, huh, are our audiences finally sick of this shit? Are they, have they finally just had, like, enough of watching half a movie that is a setup for a different movie, and are finally, Are like, movies replacing Christopher Reeve? <laughs> And they've just, it seems as if they've had enough because it has been fucking flop summer 2023. Like Megan made more money than all these fucking movies. My best friend, Megan, the little robot that does the dance and the Barbenheimer you've is got, like here to save an entire industry. You've got writers in front of studios picketing. You got actors in front of studios picketing. And before Barbenheimer, you got movie people. You've got moviegoers in, th- in front of theaters saying, hell no, we won't go. <laughs> and if you would try to go into a movie theater, you were crossing. But we and all scabbed for scab. Barbie. We, we but all. we all have scabbed for Barbie and Oppenheimer. And we loved it. Didn't we, folks? Boys, did we all? Did all three of us do the, I, the I gotta ask, feature? I got to ask. I know... I know Two of us have, but I'm curious, has a third of us? Am has I one the third? third of us? Am I the meat the, in the sandwich? You are yeah. the, the sandwich meat. It's oh, a Justin sandwich, baby. Love it. My favorite kind. Um, yes, I also Ooh. did the Barbenheimer. Oh my gosh, it's a Babenheimer to. double feature. Okay, no, but okay, but here's my question for you boys. Which order did you do? There's only there's... one correct answer. Vern, I'm so glad you fucking said this. There's yes. only one correct answer. You do Oppenheimer, and then you do Barbie. It only this makes is... sense when you're eating a dinner to eat your completely charred, n- nuked, well-done steak, <laughs> and then have your dessert, the tube of strawberry gogurt. <laughs> going, No, it's true. Like, going in reverse. Because... Oppenheimer is a heavy, heavy movie. Yes. And if you It's a steak watching, and potatoes fucking mm-hmm. dinner. If you're it's watching Sal- Oppenheimer It's a Salisbury steak of a film. Like, if you're watching Oppenheimer and the thought crosses your brain, I wonder what's happening in Barbie land right now while <laughs> this is all happening. You will have an aneurysm and you will die. <laughs> because Barbie That's, land doesn't a, exist yet. There needs to be a Surgeon General warning on Barbenheimer. <laughs> like, do Oppenheimer first. You can't do Barbie. You like, have to do Oppenheimer. There, there, there's an a- epidemic of people in Oppenheimer screenings just having 
fits foaming at the mm-hmm. mouth, blood running down their out their nose. It's too much. They saw it's Barbie true. First, it's, it's too true. Too it's too much, and you need. Again, this is this is the classic A picture B picture format. Audience, if you're not familiar with the term B movie and where it comes from, it's not just about Jerry Seinfeld flying around. It's about a fucking. Mm. It it is when people talk about oh I used to hand over a nickel and I got two movies and a newsreel and a cartoon. You didn't get two big. I will say real movies, right? <laughs> if you saw those double features, the first movie was like. A classic, you know, you saw a fucking double indemnity. And you're like, this is a full meal. This is a steak mm-hmm. dinner. This yes. is like, it's it's well made. It's fucking, they put it all up there on the fucking screen. It's got ideations of grandeur. It's really trying to get at something. And that movie would then be followed by something called like, Attack of the Ants. And then you would watch <laughs> Attack of the Ants. Mm-hmm. And, and you would not, like the double feature in the classic yeah. sense was not like, a picture double indemnity, B picture Casablanca. It's Casablanca and then it. The yes. Fucking ant movie. The studios used to play this trick all the time where it's like, oh, we'll we'll let you we'll let you have Gone with the Wind, but you have to run you have to run that I was a teenage boil. You know, like you have to run <laughs> yeah, that. Well, no, and you was, have to run like bringing up baby. Yes. No, Bringing Up Baby is the A picture in that scenario. Um, it's like Bringing Up Baby is the A picture, and then the B picture is called, like, Golly Gee! <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's barely 65 minutes, mm-hmm. you know? And it was a whole, like, cottage industry of just, like, churning out B pictures. That's um, Whenever you hear people say B movies, traditionally they're using that term incorrectly. And then also, indeed. While, while we're here, just while we're in this ballpark... Movie trivia. They're called trailers because they used to play after the movie. Oh! And they were little trailers that the movie was pulling. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's too true. As God the intended, end. frankly. And I, yeah, God I'm a return intended. guy, but just for this. You know, I'm a, mm-hmm. I, I believe in returning to exactly mm-hmm. this. I, <laughs> I, I am all about returning to five minute like cartoons. Before the movie. Any movie. Before every movie. Shit, I guess we gotta fucking go to the lobby, guys. (laughs) The hot dog told me. Oh, fuck, guys. I gotta go back to the lobby. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can you pull your legs in? I gotta get the fucking lobby, okay? (laughs) God. Gotta, you gotta, let's all go. And, you know, let's go. We're not here to talk about it, but. Fucking Oppenheimer's a whole thing. If you haven't seen it, audience, really worth like seeing on the big screen, yes. locking yourself in for three fucking hours and just like sitting with it. Um, never had you... to. It never had to twist my arm to convince me that like nuclear war bad, but uh, yeah. a, a harrowing picture. Yes, a harrowing picture. Any any of you clowns out there that were like Christopher Nolan's gonna be pro nuclear bomb? You fucking idiot! No, you, you idiot. child. Grace Randolph is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you idiot. Grace Randolph, who's like, here's oh, every Easter egg in Blue Beetle, um, is then gonna oh go out there. Well, no, no, because she talks. No, because she she doesn't talk like that. She talks like an old timey radio person. She talks she like ta- yeah. See, here's, here's why Oppenheimer shouldn't have I gotten not his first back. See, is. it's because he, oh. he's a red eye. All right, he's a pinko. Vern, she's a fucking uh, YouTube hack, and what she oh. she mostly talks about like franchise shit, you know, like 
Oh. Episode one of Obi-Wan analysis. Here's every <laughs> oh. Easter egg. But Movie she analyzes, ending explained. Yeah, yes. but she analyzes movies like a child and also the way that she lays out her videos, like with text and images, is like the killer from seven. You know, it's like. Oh. It just looks, it looks, by, by all accounts, she could have been an incredible serial killer, but she yeah, just. Yeah, it looks like she, at the end she, of the movie. She, she just signed up for the wrong classes. And welcome to a new feature we like to have on the program called What's in the Box? <laughs> What's in the box? Yeah, Grace Randolph videos look like the end of the movie where the cops have, like, found the apartment and the killer has, like, circled the bomb sites and they're like, we're no, too late, we're in the wrong place. She's somehow making YouTube video reviews look like the Poughkeepsie tapes. Oh. And they're actual, they're literal box office bombs. Right? <laughs> yeah, and then they're, they're, they're boxes she mails to offices. Oh, this is going to be a real blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Except she says like, ah, this is going to be a real blockbuster. Cheerio. Oh, so she's a 1960s Adam West Batman. Yes. Yeah, I don't, yes, it's yes. so oh. She's one of those people. There's a lot of people on internet that like you don't know where they you know. There's a lot story. of people on internet. There's a lot of people on internet, but there's sometimes some people. I don't know if y'all have ever heard Andrew Tate talk, but the entire time he's talking, I'm like, what is what is going on with this guy's voice? Oh no, <laughs> What's that's happening? because no, because he's he's he was raised in England, but he had an American dad. Um, on yeah, like so a military like, was it Stan Smith? So he so has. Talking like this. No, no, but he had he basically has Francine. an American accent with British affects. Like he said, like he does uh. the gl- the like glottal stop for wa'a, but he says it like, why don't women ever? Why don't you ever see women drinking wa'a? Wa'a. It's it so, does it's make crazy. sense that he has an American dad because that motherfucker looks like Roger the alien. <laughs> <laughs> Were those airplugs? Were those airplugs? Uh. Hey. Anyway. Yeah, uh, Oppenheimer, obviously, really good. You cannot consider yourself a member of the Krumholtz crew if you have not seen Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh. Get out if you've not Dude, seen Oppenheimer. I, you Only have, real guys, Krumholtz guys, you have no idea how here. hard I lived for Krumholtz. Just it's, this, just this, this, oh, just fine, fine Semitic presence. Oppenheimer, you gotta eat something. Oppenheimer, here's a little apple and a little napkin. Is it? Come on, Oppenheimer, you gotta have a nosh. Come here, booby. We're we're getting. I do think every movie should have that character in it. I think there's no movie that wouldn't be improved by like tubby middle-aged David Crumholtz coming up and being like. Anything to eat today? <laughs> have, anything have, to eat today? Have a banana. Sorry, it's a little. You want a Doctor Brown celery tonic? Day. You know, like. <laughs> I don't think offering you a fucking uh, cat's delicatessen. Like I just, I love the guy. I I want him to be my friend personally, mm-hmm. which is about the only character I'd yeah. say that about in the film Oppenheimer. Those are not my friends. I, I I I want him to testify on my behalf. This is the best guy I've ever known uh, in my whole it life. It pay it pays to be a member of the Kremholtz crew. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you you want that, that guy on mm-hmm. paying out side. like a fucking slot machine. Uh huh. That. Krumholtz crew is doing numbers. Yeah, I, I, I'm really glad I went long on Krumholtz. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really, I did not sell. I did, I did not. I were to the moon. I did with my with my Krumholtz stock. Um, but yes, maybe. It appears Rock as though there's a clause in your contract, a Santa Claus. <laughs> Even he didn't come back for that Disney Plus show. He's like, I got better things to do. Shall we? 
38 minutes into pressing record on this. I think wanna... we could go. I think we can go 40 minutes. I mean, we, I we, think... we've honestly started later. <laughs> I think we can go 40. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm willing to wait this stuff out to a nice round 40. If you boys, are yeah, right. we did. We did have to uh, pitch an entire television show, develop and pitch an entire television show. It was very important that we did that. Mm-hmm. Put together an entire mm-hmm. lore bible, uh, guest stars. <laughs> we uh-huh. had to get settings. There's... We had to get running gags. Yeah, I mean, we came in with a full pitch. So, like Hannah Barbera, if you're listening, we're ready. Mm-hmm. The the reefs is ready to go. You just need George. To you'll never under. You'll never guess. I caught Gilly smoking reefer, coral reefer. And there's a whole episode about about that. Well, yeah. okay, no, but they have. There has to be a whole episode where George uh, designs a product to pitch on Shark Tank. Of course, of course, and it's an actual like there are four actual sharks. Four sharks. Uh huh. And like the only one we could get is Mark Cuban. It, he, but he, vo- he's voicing an actual. But he's shark. shark Cuban. Yes. Yes, Shark Cuban, and he's voicing an actual shark, and. Uh, and and uh, George bungles it by by saying, "Hey Mark, why why don't you've got like more money than God? Like why don't you advertise your medical medicine website?" And then and then George Reef just like you know he gets ejected from the show immediately, and his invention doesn't get picked up. Okay, so Barbie, sure what do you guys think of it? <laughs> Hold on, no, we have twenty three seconds. I'm sure you both know <laughs> the experience of thinking of something and then if you don't say it in the next five seconds you're you will die that was Uh me and shark cuban oh of course (laughs) when i thought the phrase shark cuban i if i didn't say that i would fucking we would have had to get a nut we would have had to get a new co-host yeah. Who does? Fucking, my nose would have started bleeding. My eyes would have rolled back in my head. Fucking Pazuzu would have fucking taken me over. <laughs> I am Pazuzu. I'm sorry. One more thing before we talk about Barbie. The Exorcist Believer trailer played before Oppenheimer at like 10:30 oh, a.m. Same. Yeah. Same. Um. We had that. We went to the same theater, but in different mm-hmm. states. But in different in states, in different mm-hmm. a couple different time zones. But uh, mm-hmm. there's a moment in the Exorcist Believer trailer where they're opening up a cootie catcher. And the mm-hmm. cootie catcher says, hell, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed for, like, two solid minutes. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire, entire it's life. It's so gross. I, uh, the good news is that I still have not finished processing seeing The Exorcist the first time. Yeah. Uh, and I never will, so, like, I'm not in a huge rush to see... You live with Reagan, the possessed I li- girl. I literally live with a dog uh, with Reagan. She posi- she's possessed. And I think we're going to have to wait 45 minutes now because we went past the 40. We went past 40. Um, next, next, next exit. we got to get off the next exit. Yeah, we have to get off the next exit and turn around and come back. Yeah. What are the trailers you boys see okay, in I'm, your belief? I'm going to do a tight five on The Exorcist okay. Believer. Just real quick. Just real quick. Is it called quick. Believer? I couldn't remember. It it's is, called The Exorcist. A huge missed opportunity to use a slow epic trailer cover of an imagine dragon song yes thank you i would have said the same thing um so the premise oh. of the exorcist believer it's another one of those fucking david Gordon green horror lega sequels where it's like we're only a sequel to the first one mm-hmm. and we're bringing back the surviving woman from the original film um except the in the in the trailer they're like we need to call in a fucking demon expert they call in ellen burston from the exorcist one where if you have seen the exorcist one you know that she doesn't fucking do she's she doesn't know anything about demons she's an actress (laughs) 
whose daughter gets possessed, the most she does proactively is call two priests. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> no one dials 911 faster priests. than this woman. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to bring someone back... She's Ellen Burstyn at the scene. Linda seams. Blair! <laughs> I just... I don't know what to die. Ah! How... How bleak is it that you couldn't afford Linda Blair? <laughs> well, Linda, you know she'll appear. You know she'll be there. But the thing is, She's gotta. Uh, Linda Blair, with love, not a great actress. <laughs> no. Uh, the reason Exorcist works is because William Friedkin was actively traumatizing her and everyone else on set by shooting live guns. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like it's that's why she looks so scared is because she's legitimately terrified and William Friedkin never could get Groucho Marx to come in for one day and liven up the mood on set. Yeah. A thing he tried to do. <laughs> Dude, um, I've been slowly listening to Friedkin's audiobook and uh-huh. he's narrating it and he's talking about making cruising the Al Pacino gay club movie and he's like uh-huh. there were all these guys who were fucking and sucking <laughs> oh my god <laughs> more like William Freaky <laughs> oh no 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 no, oh, no. Will- William Freakin is uh, William Freakin <laughs> William Freakin <laughs> William Freakin's the Keeper's, uh like cinematic younger brother oh. <laughs> William Freak. Yes, the Crypt Keeper would have, like, I was working with William Freakin. <laughs> Killiam Freakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killiam Freakin. Uh, on, and he would say the Hexorcist, despite Exorcist already being <laughs> scary. <laughs> uh-huh. he, he just puts a hat on a hat. Uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> Nothing more the Crypt Keeper likes than a hat on a hat. One hat oh. will not suffice. Of course. Uh, he and, prefers you know, a bat on a bat! <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's fucking stupid. Nine, eight, oh, seven, six, six five, five, four, three, two, one. Barbie! Okay, we can finally talk about Barbie. <laughs> We can finally uh-huh. talk about Barbie. We didn't miss our exit. Uh, good picture. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, yeah. Great time. Thanks for had listening great- to Movies from Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Come back next time. We had a great time. Um, no. I mean, this is... Uh, uh, listen. Let's talk about it. I am... I'm a big Gerwig hat. Do you boys know this about me? Do you know my... You're a Gerwiggler. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Gerwiggler. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. There's... Uh, uh, Kevin, big Gerwiggler... Uh, won't jump on, won't jump on her because then she'll turn into a red, angry version of herself. Yeah, he that likes we don't. Uh, he likes the happy yellow version. I of like her. the one that drives a, 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 a go kart now. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my preferred girl regular. Um, Lady Bird, great film, mm-hmm. incredible solo directorial introduction, and Little Women. One of the best films of the century. I don't My, like there's one. There's literally one thing I do not like about Little Women, and I totally understand it because it is an adaptation of source material. But the the one thing I dislike about that movie is that it's called Little Women, and uh, oh boy, is it scary to be in public and say I love Little Women. Uh, and so uh, the one thing I don't like about but it Louisa is, May Alcott. Louisa May Alcott. Yes. Yeah, so I, I always I, have that's to. That's why I'm so glad we got it on tape. 
for us to just loop out of context Um, listeners Uh, don't do anything with that little tasty audio clip please god can i uh so last year i was in a fender bender and i I hit a car and it was uh traumatizing it was the worst and uh and i and the thing is i didn't hit a car i hit a truck i hit a truck and and i see it was in a park and there's a bunch of people watching this like soccer game and i'm like well it's got to be one of their trucks and I, I go up to this I go up to this group of people and there's a lot of guys with their backs to me wearing baseball caps. I'm like, well, it's one of these fuckers. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just hit someone's truck. I hit someone's taillight. Uh, I don't know what to do. I'm panicking. Uh, 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 you know, just freaking out. And the first person that swivels around to look at me, he's wearing his baseball cap. And this is not, I know we like to have fun here on the show, uh, but on his baseball cap, was a fucking AR-15, and it said pedophile hunter. And, uh, oh boy, did that not make, like, an awful situation just, like, even mm-hmm. worse? Did that, did that a not, like... A very stable uh-huh, man. Uh-huh. Almost hey, certainly. Uh, no, 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 G- gentlemen, gentlemen, we call him a Sound of Freedom fan. Uh, yeah. Probably. Uh, and a it just, like... Head. Uh, it just made a, a, a bad situation just a million times mm-hmm. worse. I bet. Not... Just, you know, just because, like, suddenly in this equation where I've, like, hit a car, like, there's a, uh, in my head, like, there's a man with a loaded gun in front of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I you, mean? And you just, could uh, say a lot of things about the three of us. I don't think any of us would leave the house wearing any article of clothing with the word pedophile on it. No. In no, any not context. Even if uh, it says, like, I hate pedophiles, no, seriously. <laughs> a lot of I, people I, are I'm asking questions about my shirt. <laughs> That are already answered by my shirt. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Ask me uh, how yeah. much I hate pedophiles. It's <laughs> just a nightmare. So, like, uh, because people like that, like, just people looking for a reason to shoot another human being or yes. just out walking around, like, I and I hate just being a, a film nerd who is affected by mm-hmm. feminist film. And so I have to be like, Greta Gerwig's Little Women, Greta Gerwig. Like, we just gotta... <laughs> just saying just, reflexively. Yeah, yeah it's just the, it's the slam no and... Of, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it really is. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm, I love her filmography. Like, of me, like everyone else, just like wept in a, in a movie theater uh, watching uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Uh, Lady every, Bird. Every time I've seen it, I've fucking cried. Of course. And, I, and before she was a great director, she was a great actor. I fucking mm-hmm. I watched Frances Ha just yesterday. Twentieth Century Women. Movie. She's like incredible Amazing. in that movie. Uh, She's done big, great work with her husband Noah Baumbach. Mm-hmm. Co-writer. I really liked her in White Noise. Um, that was a that was an interesting movie. Uh, co-writer uh, of this movie, Noah Baumbach. Uh, of course, Choo-choo. like. Uh, a movie that affected me in such a profound way that I can that I can never simply never watch it again is a <laughs> Marriage Story. Oh, uh, absolutely! Just yeah. like I just can't do it because it's going so... for the fucking jugular. One thousand percent talented people. Maybe not. I was going to say maybe not the first choice, but historically, not the first choice for a Barbie movie because it was originally attached to Amy Schumer. And it was attached to Anne Which Hathaway. I imagine would be a slightly different film. Than uh, we ended up perhaps, well, perhaps. Yeah, it was, it was, go- it was a going to be a completely different movie um, where Amy Schumer was going to play the one Barbie that didn't fit in. Oh, I wonder why. Sure. Why I'm do you sure. think? Um, why do you think she didn't fit in? Because she used steals to other date people's jokes. Used to date Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> they deserve each other. Um, <laughs> 
both terrible and they won't go away. Uh, every I don't fucking watch WWE even anymore, but every every so often I'll like pop on a pay per view and I'm like. Dolph fucking Ziggler is still here doing fucking nothing. Just, abso- just absolute, And he just sits there and he goes like, why don't I ever get a chance? And I'm like, motherfucker, you never go away. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Chances are all uh, you get. Yes, he's had nothing but chances. Eventually, it's up to you. Like, if, at, a point, <laughs> at a certain point, you got to do something. The power you know? is yours. Yes, the, the ball is in your court. Pitch something, my man. Um... Uh, I was going to compare it to the co-main event of AEW Double or Nothing, but we simply don't have time. <laughs> simply don't have time for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a murderer's row of talent. You got fucking Rodrigo Prieto fucking lensing this picture. Uh, shot, I don't know, Brokeback Mountain, Wolf of Wall Street. Have you heard of these films? They look good. Shot Killers of the Flower Moon coming oh later this year. God, he you worked fu- with Marty. The Irishman. Yeah, he's like, he's Marty's current go-to guy uh, after the 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 uh richardson era after the michael Ballhouse era he's in his prieto era prieto gang raise up prieto gang production designed by sarah greenwood and boy uh, did sarah greenwood fucking show up to give, work give just like don't even bother having like announcing other nominees just give her the oscar give her sweet oscar yeah it, one of joe wright's production designers joe wright you know fucking anna karenina and atonement and pride and prejudice mm-hmm, she mm-hmm, was fucking mm-hmm. all over that shit um, an incredible bit of work by by everyone involved. I'm sure we all have quibbles along the way, but like this is just a really enjoyable movie. I laughed a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, very very funny. Some really good performances. We will have, the 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 two leads of this movie are legitimately doing not only great work but some of the best work of their careers. I don't. I cannot think of another actor who could do what Margot Robbie is doing mm. in this movie. Well, you know what I mean? Like, she's what's the fucking only person who could do that. Is she wanted Gal Gadot to do this? Insane. Instantly it, it, terrible. Would not, <laughs> would not work. Instantly you, terrible. You might as well just get, like, a broom to play Barbie at oh, that wow. point. Oh, wow. Yeah, you bring in fucking IDF Barbie. I just think it's a different I, movie. I think Greta, uh, Greta. Uh, I think Gal Gadot is just the. I think she's just like the right filmmaker away. I I I I like wow. her as an actress. I just think you give her the right director. You have her work with the right director, and she just delivers just like an incredible performance i'm a i'm a gal gadot person i like gal gadot i mean that in the in the first she is okay shall we say a she's a limited tool you know what i mean it has you really have to use her a particular way but she is legitimately very good in the first wonder woman Mm -hmm, movie mm -hmm. i have very little feelings about her character in the fast and furious franchise uh she's fine i guess uh and that's that's honestly most of what i've seen of gal gadot's work i didn't i didn't catch uh that is just a punchline at this point now i will say uh i will say uh fan of her but i I'm not a fan of Imagine. I'm not a fan of the celebrity scene. Imagine. <laughs> not Let me a, I'm, I'm not a fan of the song Imagine, first of all, but that is definitely my least favorite version I've, I've yes. ever heard. Is, uh, at least, like, staring directly into my eyes one day into the pandemic. Yes. Mm-hmm. At least, like, 
you know, like Ringo played on the Imagine album. <laughs> like right. Ringo, Ringo's nowhere to be seen in the celebrity. We are version. bereft of Ringo. Yeah. God, we could we could use some fucking Ringo. We could we could really use some Ringo around here. Get guys. this woman a Ringo. Yeah, put I a Ringo. Everyone on should it. have a Ringo. I would love a Ringo just to like keep in my house. Ringo comes off the best in the Get Back documentary because Ringo's just hanging out. Ringo's just hanging out. <laughs> just vibing. Like, what do you need me to do? Drums. Just vibing. Just vibing. Saying he's the only one who shows up for that one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but after they've had like a little shitty little fight, like Ringo shows up to work the next day when none of the other ones do. I love Ringo. But to cycle back to the topic at hand, Margot Robbie fucking makes the movie. Like not just because she literally made it, because she pro- she produced it. Right. But and like found and like and like reached out to Greta Gerwig to write it and all. like this movie is like Margot Robbie's baby. Yeah. Yes. Um, and she is has been producing most of her own movies for a while now, and she not everything that she has signed on as a multi hyphenate for has been, shall we say, an incredibly successful project. But she is like a risk taking star yes do you know what I mean? like she is trying all kinds of different things across all kinds of different movies even like finding multiple angles to play like harley quinn but she has produced up and down all kinds of different movies for herself to star in one of them like literally the worst movie i've ever seen called terminal uh but many of the other of them interesting and unique and and fascinating i think she she's got the goods i just want to see more of her the year it came out uh, I, Tanya was my favorite movie of that year. One of my favorite movies Such that year. Just a good, like, interesting movie mm-hmm. that Absolutely. like very few other people would have been able to tackle like that. Yes. She's very versatile. Yes. She, she, Absolutely. she does She's... not let herself fall into like a niche or a typecast. No. And, Absolutely. uh, and, and willing to like, how do I put this? Like you see Cameron Diaz in uh, being John Malkovich and you're like, that's Cameron Diaz in a Halloween costume, but Margot Robbie, uh, Robbie, Robbie, like, like when she I Tanya's herself, like you totally, yeah. you totally forget that like she's one of the most beautiful women you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, I'm not sitting there <laughs> thinking about Wolf of Wall Street, where mm-hmm. like I text Avery Wolf like, <laughs> throughout a huge percentage of that movie. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. it's a very different separate sort of performance she's great i i have nothing but good things to say about margot robbie uh we were we were mentioned we were talking about the production design and i don't think anything needs to be said about it but i will i will say like you always hear that stupid thing like it's like new york is the other character in this movie uh and like i don't we, I can't, we have a word for that it's called setting setting uh but I can't think of any other movies where, like, you could say that with, like, or many others where you can say that about, like, the production design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You it's know a, what I mean? Just, like, And it's, it's very particular, you know? Like, we don't see mm-hmm. a lot of production design like this outside, like, the early works of Barry Sonnenfeld or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, not since early period Burton were we getting people, like, trying to operate at this level. And, you know, the dream houses are great. The fucking pink beach and the still waves. Mm. The hard plastic waves, yeah. The hard plastic waves are so good. The, the 
Like, the like, transition out of Barbie land, the, like, five methods of transportation that they did, yeah. like, that's a real object that they built, like, a huge mm-hmm. conveyor belt, mm-hmm. and they would change out all these different objects. It just Old feels school. so good. Well, like, part of yes. that, like, part of that whole design comes from, Greta Gerwig said that because she associated um, Barbie so much with, like, the era she came out with in, like, the 50s and 60s, she wanted Barbie Land to evoke like a '50s, '60s soundstage, mm-hmm. uh, and like, mission and, like accomplished. that aesthetic, like define it so much compared to the real world. Not in the George yeah. W. Bush on the on the freighter like way, but like genuinely, like mission accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, the it's got fucking beach blanket vim, bimbo vi- or limbo. What the fuck am I? Bingo. Beach bingo. blanket bingo. Beach blanket, uh, a beach blanket bimbo is another movie. That's is a different, different movie entirely. See, see that's a proper bingo. B movie. That's yes, a, oh I mean, there's three of them in the title. Yeah, any hello, four of them. Uh, any fucking Elvis movie, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> they've just got. It's just it's incredible design, and I was worried. Okay, because like we spend what the first 30, 40 minutes of this movie in Barbie Land, mm-hmm. and then we transition to the real world, and I'm sitting there in my movie theater seat, and I'm saying this has been so good so far. Mm, I was I was so worried that the rest of the movie was going to be in boring, gray downtown Los Angeles Century City, and luckily enough, uh, it turns out Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach are very smart filmmakers and know that that would suck if we did that actually. Um, so not only do they add some stylistic elements to the real world, quote unquote, like the fucking Jacques Tati-esque uh, Mattel offices, mm-hmm. like all the fucking crazy cubicles and like the weird uh, corner office where God lives. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> the the elevator like with the button that says all like all the way up. That is, if you show me any movie where th- there is a button in the elevator that says all the way up, I'm like, this is a great movie. You can have, it, it could, the rest of it could be fucking dog shit. Yeah, I that was. There. That's, that's my kind of shit. There was a moment during the movie where I thought for the first time ever, and the first time this has happened since 2013 or whenever it was, there was a moment whenever I arrived in Los Angeles and I thought, oh my God, it's the zero theorem all over again. <laughs> Where like they have this Not like amazing, gorgeous like set that they use for exactly one scene and you see one side of the street because it's like way too expensive and all the rest of it is in this like c- completely black. <laughs> like it I was is like, like 10 years since the zero theorem. Greta knew. I was just, I was worried like oh no that was all we had in the budget and now we have to do the rest of this in Los Angeles <laughs> so I was super super happy uh, whenever we came back to Barbie Land and we were hopping back and forth yes. I'm glad I was reminded more of the '90s Brady Bunch movie than the Zero Theorem. Uh, that's that's a good problem to have but I was and like oh no on this show. We, at this point, have talked about a number of fish-out-of-water stories. It seems to be the default storytelling mechanism when you're adapting a brand that could take place in a world that is not our own. Rocky and it Bowling happens Bowling. a lot. The The Sonic movie, both Mario movies, we, yeah. we, we have covered a lot of fish-out-of-water, and we've missed a lot of other fish-out-of-water movies that have come out. I would say dodged is a more appropriate term. 
Indeed. <laughs> but unlike those fish out of water stories, which are not so good, the the film Barbie has established itself in the first 30 or 40 minutes where the characters are actually fishes out of water. They do not understand not the rules vicious. of this world. Do you know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. many fish out of water. Like, when Sonic comes to the real world, that's not, like, a premise. Sonic's world doesn't have rules that he is established with, and then he moves to a world with different rules. So it's not, like, a premise for a movie. What's but that? <laughs> you don't eat your young here? <laughs> right. Now, see, there's yeah. now that's comedy. I, I would that's argue that funny. it's almost more like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit where mm. there is crossover between the two worlds and they're fish out of water in each other. Mm. Sure. And, it's, yeah, it's, it's right because the humans are fish out of water in the Barbie world much like – uh, uh, Detective Eddie is is a fish out of water in Toontown. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think uh, Hoover and Roger Rabbit is for sure. I haven't checked Greta's uh, letterbox list of 33 films that inspired this one, but it, Roger Rabbit would make sense on that film uh, or on that list. I'm so sorry. Um, you should be. It should be. It's actually not, but a lot of other good ones on mm. here. Uh, a lot of high quality films uh, that inspired this one. Um, and Yes, we were. I was. I was just so worried when we left Barbie Land. But not only is the section in the human world like good, it's it's probably my least favorite section of the movie, just because I'm missing all the cool designs and I have to deal mm-hmm. with like a contemporary thirteen year old child, uh, which is like that's nails on a chalkboard mm. to me. It's, it's a like a kid teen. using TikTok language. Yeah, woke teen. Ooh, nothing I want to avoid more than a woke teen. <laughs> but it's still where I love the a scene. real a real gilly from the from the reefs character. <laughs> yeah, god, we got to fucking yeah, the gilly is uh, on the reefs is such a like middle-aged writers grinding out their <laughs> grievances with their teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just like uh, she yeah. won't stop texting on her shell phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Why aren't you in school, young lady? Because I don't appre- approve of how U.S. Attorney Janet Reno handled the Waco, Texas siege. <laughs> like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the is. fuck? Why aren't you concerned with a stick and a hoop like I was when I was a kid? Uh-huh. Always on your. Sh- that's that what you. That's what you get looking up wikipedia on your shell phone yeah he just, just completely like, completely no cells her bringing up the koresh family <laughs> the waco siege bring up wikipondia <laughs> yeah um, wikipondia yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 good 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 all right write that down write that down the reeves <laughs> wikipondia um, yeah incredible but it's uh the you know you get the like a lovely scene with the uh, older lady at the bus stop. A which, scene that Mattel did not want in the movie. They wanted to cut it Mattel so bad. And Gerwig and threatened, like, like, and Gerwig fought tooth and nail to keep because she said, otherwise, I don't know why I'm making this. Why the fuck yeah. am I making this? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I, I love her. Um, it's just like, yes, it's the heart and soul of the movie. It is the crucial emotional linchpin to Barbie seeing that the artifice of this is worth peeling back, is worth taking away from, that you don't have to be eternally young with plastic skin forever. It's okay to 
age. You know, in theory, like the ending of the movie is is Barbie taking her first steps towards essentially becoming that old yeah, woman. Yeah, she she sees someone who for the first time lived a real life. Yeah, yes. yeah. Which Barbie uh, never did cuz Barbie did, n- never lived in the real world. She lives in this like she she, she lives in uh, the in Ben Shapiro's nightmare, a fully functional matriarchy where everything works just fine. Yeah, everything works. Um, and men uh, are completely. Issa Rae is the president. Men are men are quite literally just an accessory. Wow, I love so it. truly, because she's Barbie. He's just Ken. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, his, no, he's his, the Andy only Ken. Oh, yes, of course. But, uh, you know, and, and the only uh, bright point in his day is when, like, Senpai notices him. Uh-huh. When, like, the pretty girl waves to him on the beach. Mm-hmm. We but... haven't talked about him really at all so far, but Ryan Gosling is, is very funny and charming in this movie. Fucking kills it. As always. As he always. kills it. This is my favorite uh, stripe of Gosling. I am not into, like, stoic... Blade Runner Drive Gosling, oh, but I not me. I love that shit. Oh, but I love Nice Guys Gosling, mm-hmm. where me he too. is giving like one of the finest comedic performances of last decade, and he's doing a lot here as well. He's just so so funny. He knows how to fucking sell a joke, despite the fact that he looks like that. Uh, someone who looks like that should not be able to sell a joke that mm-hmm. well. There are rules. Um, and listen, I see a lot of praise for his performance. It's all well-deserved, but he doesn't have to carry the emotional weight that Margot does. Like, Margot has to also be that funny, yes. but also, like, carrying this fucking emotional through line on her fucking back. Well, yeah, like, if you, if you want, well, because Margot Robbie is a good actor, you can see it in her performance. She starts out, like, like Ken, being a, like, you know, plasticky, like, very, like, Basically, all of her dialogue is might as well be written with, like, capital letters. Like, hello, Ken, hello, son, all that stuff. Um, but then, just as yeah. the movie goes on and she hangs around real people and deals with the real world more, her performance becomes realer. She's, like, she had, like, yeah. her performances and her, like, the way she talks, the way she acts, just becomes more, like, not muted, but just more nuanced. It's less stiff it's less like yeah. blunt it's much more subtle it's really it's a really great like character mm-hmm. change and and the subtle you know way that that, that character is metamorphosing mm-hmm. over the course of the film and don't get me wrong ryan gosling gets to sing two very funny songs you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's very mm-hmm. funny but he doesn't have to have a scene with Rhea Perlman in a void that makes you cry. <laughs> I got to see Rhea Perlman in a film in 2023. Um, I am blessed. I'm eating. I'm eating good in the neighborhood. I got to see fucking Carla from Cheers in a fucking movie in July 2023. I'm eating. That's so funny. I'm eating fresh. Um, yeah, it's, it's, mm. listen, and, and real Perlman is God. I've said it before and I'll say it again. And it, it's, it's also key be, like, because Margot, as she becomes like a real person, becomes more nuanced, Ken never becomes a real person. His like, no. hip, like, like he stays absurd and in an idealist dream world the whole time. Yes, absolutely. And in theory, you know, the end of the movie, the final conversation with Barbie in the mm-hmm. in the dream house at night is like his first steps toward right. that 
but not in a sequel, folks. Entirely off-screen, his arc will be. Let I love it. The folds of your mind mm-hmm. tell you no, what happened. I think they to, already announced Ken. a Ken movie. Not with Ryan. Oh. Uh, yeah, maybe they can get Simu. Oh, um, no thank you. The most juiceless man in Hollywood, Simu Liu. The, the only um, person that Margot Robbie juiceless. said most resembles Ken. <laughs> yeah, said most resembled their character was Simu Liu. Juiceless. Juice. Sans bone, juice, my bone man. Bone dry. You might, okay, as well, okay. you might as well try time, to ring, all the juice. You might as well try to milk a Slim Jim. Oh, oh God. Okay, I just uh, I didn't I didn't understand the uh, the terminology that we're using, but now juice I'm, is is you got that special stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I, Gerwig, I she's got the juice. You know, the special stuff is juice. I'm the learning. special stuff is juice. Michael he doesn't have the X factor. He's got room. the Z factor. Z the is Z, the Z, snores Z I make when I watch He's him. got the fucking Y factor, as in, why is this guy on my screen? <laughs> the Z, 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 Z factor. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. But, like, every other Ken in the movie is funny, and I'm sorry, Simu's not bringing it. It's Mm-mm. not It's not. He's funny. fine. He's, He's fine. fine. You're not... fine is... He fucks up the choreography. <laughs> You're yeah. not watching the Barbie movie for second build Ken. You're <laughs> watching. Why can't second build Ken be good? Yeah. Everyone else is good. I loved the, there was someone who I was talking with who did not care for it, but I loved just like the dumb frat boys trying to get, trying to pass the class purely on participation points energy that all the men in this movie brought to it. And so that's why I'm not minded by by Simu. Sure. I, I, I but I, I feel like the other the other men were juicier. They The other men were juicier. Ryan's got a lot of juice. Uh, and hey, well, Ryan is over. Will Ferrell had some juice. Ryan is a soaked man. <laughs> oh my god. Big 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 Will, big match Will, he got some fucking he got some laughs out of me. That big fucking galoot. Big match, Will Ferrell. Oh, like where they basically just let Will. They basically turned the camera on Will Ferrell and said, "Go." Yeah, Yeah, it was Greta Gerwig's. Like, oh my gosh, Will Ferrell is so funny. I'm not going to tell. Like, let him do whatever he wants. You know what I mean? Just I and I bet you know they edited out Mm -hmm. a lot of bullshit, but they left in some good stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know what like. On the nephew of an aunt. The end. I just there's something about Will Ferrell that is just funny. He's one of those people that you're like, that's a funny guy. He's he looks funny. funny. He sounds funny. He doesn't look funny that he's, like, not attractive. He's just, like, that's a funny-looking mm-hmm. sort of person. Um, he, there's a there's a face he makes. There's this, like, this half... Like, rink, scrunched eyebrow. Yeah, scrunched eyes, like, smirk mm-hmm. face that's, like, whenever they cut back to him making that face, it's always yeah. funny. Honestly, and, like, late... Only getting funnier as he's getting older. <laughs> I think we're about to hit, like, a new era of Feral that I'm very excited yes. for. Because he's kind of been off my radar for, like, a long, long time. Um, he's I'm very excited for him. Uh, I don't know. You just said, uh, what? Did oh, you Spirited. Say? The, um... You mean Bewitched? No, 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 no. The, the, oh, the Christmas the, Carol the musical Apple... for Apple Plus. Right. Oh. Yeah, that came out last year, and we all watched it and loved it. I did, um, and I, I did. That. Okay, well, I'm very happy for Thank you. Thank you. Um, but, you know, it's not like he's ever fully disappeared, but I feel like besides Spirited, he's been kind of off the off the A-game for a while, yes. and I'm excited besides for, like... Besides Spirited, a- away. Mm-hmm. I, I, 
I think like breaking up with Adam McKay did <laughs> bum him yes. out immensely. Yeah, because like, he wanted to be, be the in a lead movie on right Winning Time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and HBO said no, and Adam McKay did not have the stones to tell his friend to his face, so he had like management do it, which is a bummer. I like to think when the three of us make it big. And if, you know, Justin or Vern, you don't get approved to be the lead actor on my show, I like to think I'd be able to tell yeah. you to your face. You, you know what me. I mean? I like to think I'd be able to do that to your face as old friends. And like, I appreciate that. Thank you, Kevin. Thank, Thank you, you, Kevin. So I'm just Thank telling you, you so I'm just going to send you guys singing telegrams. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> break up with me. If you break up with me via singing telegram, no, no hard no feelings. Hard feelings. <laughs> yeah. No harm, no, no foul. No hard feelings. In theaters now. Yeah, uh, just, uh, yeah, uh, that's the only way you're able to break bad news to me anymore. This is a singing uh, mm-hmm. telegram. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. This is a this is a good, fun movie. America Ferreira, it's nice to see her. Welcome back. Fucking kill Yeah. Her. Welcome back, Ugly Betty. We had a show on television for, like, six years called Ugly Betty. What if a fashion journalist had today. braces, Kevin? <laughs> what if someone had braces? It was a thing whenever I was doing my usual post uh, post movie uh, cruising through Wikipedia. I found I was, I was like, "What do I know America Ferrera from?" And then I saw Ugly, but I'm like, "Oh." Oh, you know what I mean? It was just one of those. Yeah. Like what I was talking about with uh, Cameron Diaz oh, earlier. They mailed each other pants. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. That's a thing they did. Ugly Betty. pants to each other. Yeah, they Ugly Betty. Pants. Ran for like six years. Was a big hit show. Gross. <laughs> I feel like if tomorrow Netflix announced Ugly Betty, like in a world where, in a horrible world where Ugly Betty never existed, if Netflix tomorrow was like, we got a show mm. called Ugly Betty. It's about an overweight girl with braces. I think... They, Ted Sarandos would be shot in the street. Whenever I say I support America, I'm talking about America Ferreira. <laughs> That's the only America I salute. And the troops is what I refer to as uh, fans of America Ferreira. I said, let's go do this one for our boys back home, the troops. And it's all people who, similar to the Krumholtz crew, but they're for America Ferreira. Mm-hmm. The Ferreira fans. The Ferreira fans, yeah. The Ferreira fans, absolutely. The, Fer- the Ferreira Rochers. The Fer- <laughs> Ferreira Rochers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. another, speaking of uh, SNL cast members uh, who got to be funny in a movie, which they haven't done for a little while, Kate McKinnon. Hello. Hello, Kate oh, Yeah. McKinnon. Weird Barbie yeah. was making me laugh. Kay McKinnon is one of the funniest, uh, most gifted comedic actresses. Mm-hmm. Another just um, naturally funny of... person. It, absolutely, it's a yeah. it's a, a shame that uh, they are not in more things. I always so excited, like you know, like makes me. Uh, she they made me like watch SNL. She, like, she that's finally how good made they are. a Hillary Clinton impression funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean like someone finally did it. Yeah, no one could do it. <laughs> No one could crack it. No one could crack that egg. In the same way that, like, still no one has cracked Sleepy Joe Biden. Mm-mm. No one's really cracked that egg. You didn't think Jim Carrey was as fucking hysterical as Sleepy Joe? It was such perfect casting. Such perfect casting. It was mm-hmm. That was so funny, because you're like, oh, they're bringing in Jim Carrey. Surely he has a tape. Uh-huh. Surely he's heard of Joe Biden. <laughs> 
<laughs> surely I he's Jim like he's familiar with Joe Biden. Surely right? he knows more than just a Google. The first thing that came up whenever he Google image searched Joe Biden, which is that he's surely kind of he knows. <laughs> surely he knows literally anything there is to know about Joe Biden. Surely he's heard him talk time to, once. <laughs> time to time to take a big swig of my drink and watch SNL. Watch Jim Carrey as Joe Biden, and then you know. I don't, but meanwhile, Lauren's in the back. Smile hard. Bringing that one back, folks. He's a runner. Lay your chin out. Um, I will say, as much as I enjoyed the early section here in Barbie Land, a lot of the editing felt very wonky to me, especially in the first weird Barbie scene, to the point where, like, I just feel this cosmic sense that there's, like, 10 to 15 minutes of deleted scenes on the Blu-ray from this first section. You know what I mean? That are, like, mm. being cleaved out of the middle of scenes. I just the have only, this sort of thing. The only way I can think to describe it is not my original words, but words I stole from someone else. Um, uh, words from uh, Jay Bauman of Red oh, Letter Media. Uh, and I cannot recall what movie he was referring to. I want to say it was uh, The Last Jedi, but I could be wrong. Um, but I, I feel like the this Barbie movie, and before I say this, I want to say that like this Barbie movie is, as of right now, like my movie of the year. My, my favorite thing I've seen, just narrowly, maybe like tied with past lives because they're two different movies, but... Um, my, my movie of the year, but I will say that in the words of Jay Bauman, this movie is messy, but not a mess. Uh, and I, there's some editing stuff. There's some like pacing stuff. There's some, it doesn't necessarily feel like a hundred percent thematically cogent. You know what I mean? mm -hmm. It's just not like that. It's not that fine tuned diamond that I think you really want or, or, or people talk like it is. Yeah, I'm okay yes. with it though because like the best way to do a Barbie movie is something that is very pretty but like at parts hollow on the inside because that's a literal Barbie I doll. Wouldn't, I, it makes uh, I wouldn't say that. Makes sense. I, I would like this movie has a quite a lot on its not, mind. It has a lot. Not to hollow. Say. Not hollow, but not as like it's lightweight. Yes. yes. Well, it's lightweight. Yes. Like a Barbie doll. We have to be able to mass produce these parts it's an introduction <laughs> yes. to these ideas almost like this movie yes. is in some part for children <laughs> for babies yeah, yeah. Um, this, this incredible. is a movie incredible for ma for like mothers and daughters to like connect over like both as a literal yeah. theme in the film but also as like yeah. something for the audience to do <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to explain, this is a movie, a lot of times people talk about movies of like, oh, this one actually has like a lot of jokes for adults, and almost always that means like someone says, you know, corn cob, but they actually mean mm. penis, and the adults understand that, and the kids don't. This movie well, like they, actually I... has some jokes for grown-ups, like this, like the final joke of the movie is like, it's uh, the final line is like such a slam dunk mm -hmm. joke for adults that like... I think maybe a kid wouldn't understand no, or comprehend. Not at all. But God, it's a slam dunk. Because not kids, only does it work thematically, but it's hilarious. Kids wouldn't get, uh, you know, sugar daddy Ken. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing, but they wouldn't get right. that, you know, or right. earring magic Ken. Mm -hmm. And exactly, yeah, they, it, kids don't know who Rob Bryden is. 
kids haven't seen the trip uh, i do love kevin i don't know if you remember this uh but when we were living together um mm-hmm. they were roommates uh i don't know if you recall this but i remember like uh, approaching you one morning I'm like kevin i was reading about barbie last night and did you know there's like a whole lore about their dolls and like who's friends with who and how are they related and kevin a normal human being is like no Vern, i didn't oh, anyway i'm going to work <laughs> no, i'll see you <laughs> uh, and uh and i was just perplexed by that and then so like whenever i saw midge whenever i saw an alan <laughs> i saw alan i was like oh cool uh, Greta Gerwig read the same Wikipedia mm. articles about as I yeah, did. Sure G- did. Gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, thoughts on Alan? He's funny. Michael Sarah is such a unique comedic performer, mm-hmm. and when he's on, he's fucking on. And he was killing another me. another uh, kind of in the Will Ferrell pages. Just naturally of funny. Someone who I've not seen in a while. Yes. But it's naturally sunny, funny, and uh, was excited there be there. I don't. It, it's so interesting how many like punchlines were just cut to Alan. Like, just yeah. just to see, how's Alan reacting to this? But that's what Sarah can give you. I mean, like, comedy is in reaction. You know, like, often the joke is not what is happening, but how someone is reacting to it. Mm-hmm. And Sarah is a fucking NBA all-star at reacting to he's shit. Got, he's like, got those his whole big career. fish eyes that mm-hmm. make him yes. just look like he's about to cry. He has this incredible ability to, like, shrink within himself, like, <laughs> and, that he has had since he was fucking, like, 13 on Arrested Development or whatever, and it is a lifelong skill, and he is incredible. And he's very No, funny. uh, no, uh, <laughs> Deputy Andy Brennan's son in Twin Peaks The Return, because that is oh, the funniest performance, so funny. like, ever but still very 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 funny in this movie that's where he's like on a motorcycle going like my life is the open road yeah, he's, a he's doing marlon brando yeah, yeah he's, he's doing, doing marlon, marlon brando, brando i've seen that bunch. clip that's that's some funny shit it's hysterical um, it's so funny. and it's even funnier whenever you've been like waiting f- five to 25 years to see new twin peaks and one of the first things you see is fucking that it's just very <laughs> very very funny Lynch is a troll. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Um, yeah, that's some that's some that's some elite level trolling that I can I can certainly respect. Um, but yeah, Sarah's really funny. You made me reminded me of the joke in the movie where like the Kens are building the wall out of town, and they're like, "Boy, as soon as they figure out how to build a wall sideways." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. That's some really good dumb guy jokes in this oh, movie. Oh, it's. Honestly, I got, yeah, he goes, honestly, I, w- I got less excited about it whenever I learned it wasn't all about horses. <laughs> like, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, because yeah, good... Ken's, Ken's idea of patriarchy is just commercials. It's, uh-huh. Yes, it, that is it, what, it, there are a lot of people that are triggered by And this. an MMA belt, it's drinking brewski beer, it's having, like, your Mojo Dojo house. <laughs> yes and the the horses is the funniest bit of me because like he got that out of fucking nowhere that's not like a male stereotype because the rest of the male stereotypes are like spike tv circa mm-hmm. 2005 there is yeah, fa- famously horses are at least in our culture coded women like, as like feminine yes. well that's horse okay. girls are a thing yeah i'm glad ken is horse boy representation 
Yes. Absolutely. This is why I think the movie is messy because I think like, and I say this with love, Greta Gerwig is kind of a weirdo, right? And the problem with being kind of a weirdo is you think that everyone's on the same page as you and it doesn't always end up being the case because Uh with love, you're a weirdo. And there's this interview I watched with Greta Gerwig where she was talking about like, she viewed Ken and the Barbies as like aliens coming to this new planet and not knowing how everything works. And Ken has seen all these statues of men on horses. And so he assumed that that had something to do with leadership in a country. And, and you hear her say this, you see, you, you hear her say this and you're like, okay, this tracks and it makes a joke funnier. Why was this not in the movie? You know what I mean? There's I know. just like, yeah. yeah. There's stuff like, cause that is so, that's such a funny concept that he would see all these like racist Civil War statues <laughs> and think, yeah. oh, that's how. There's, you yeah, leave. so they had to put it, like he's in the office building and he sees like all those like TVs. So they like, they had to put some horses in there to like yeah, make they, the they, joke land. They right. only had just like, which is actually more of a guy thing watching, is those like yeah. horses on the open range, like John Ford, like imagery yeah exactly. wild they stock yes. footage from michael bolton's big sexy Hallandine's day special oh yes if they had just cut to like him seeing a tv with like lone ranger or him mm-hmm. seeing you know yeah. watching something to sell movie. that joke watching a john wayne movie because yeah. you know he's dressed up as a cowboy you know like but yeah. there's there's just things like that or like all all uh, a good audio commentary enhances every movie um, but like, there's also you. There's things that, like an audio commentary should not like shouldn't fill in blanks for you. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Know, it should. It, it's not there to patch up holes in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the narrative. It, it, it's there to probably, provide further insight. I think this movie could get a well. Never. Well, if DVDs seem to be coming back, or at least Blu-rays, <laughs> in some on, capacity, the case on, better be pink. That plastic yes, case I've been better be pink. Saying the same thing. Yeah, big saying. I would kill. I would kill for a director's cut of this. Just like slightly longer. I mean, like, come on. The movie was like thirty seconds longer, so we could look at a statue of the horse. Like, would yeah. the pacing have really been that mm. killed? But I don't know. I wasn't in the editing bay. I I, mm-hmm. I wasn't there. I can't. I can't testify to this. But and who yeah, knows how much of it is like. I and I say like Greta Gerwig is a weirdo, and I and I mean that. Mm. But I say that with love. But also like. We got three on. We got Ma- three doing a podcast right now. Uh, yes, uh, Mattel fought her on like telling that lady that she was beautiful. So like yeah. you know, Mattel, who's only looking like it could have been a thing like we can't produce a horse figure. Don't put that in the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they could have been looking at the dollars and cents of it. The weirdest artist you have ever met is not as weird and malformed. As the high-ranking official at any company, mm. no, like, exactly. yeah, no, basically Will the, Ferrell's character, like a guy you, who wants to go to tickle, go, do a tickling retreat, but hates hugging. Yes, exactly. Like this is like I, I, I know Vern and I have talked about this like multiple, multiple times. Where like when you work, especially at like chains. And you, like, meet, like, the regional manager of, you know, whatever chain you're working for, Lowe's or fucking Starbucks or whatever. It is like meeting an alien. 
Like, you will uh-huh. make a joke in the company meeting, and, like, people will react to it like they've never heard a joke before. Uh-huh. It's not, They're, it's like a regular sort of humor joke. And this is um, in any industry, but, like, the higher up the food chain you go, and the more, like, time you spend in that industry, the more out of touch with reality you, mm-hmm. you become. And, and, that's, and just uh, that's just regional managers... Imagine uh-huh. executives. That's not I, another uh, planet. If, that's another fucking galaxy. That's another dimension. I, like, yeah, it's it's. Completely I was on a. Uh, I was on set recently, and someone yelled at this like background talent. In this background talent, who's just like making a hundred dollars, which is below industry uh, rate, but, like making a hundred dollars. Just to like, oh, just walk around and be on set for for a day. Uh, that seems like easy money. Not knowing anything about the film biz, and I saw this person like yell at them, and they said like, "This is an honest to god quote," and it made me laugh. Uh, I think any other salt or pepper on it would have like bummed me out because of how out of touch with the reality it was. It made me laugh. This person said, "Don't you know anything about continuity?" <laughs> And it's like, no, they don't. I guarantee you no, they don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> professional background talent. This is like a guy from the street. Yes. No one knows what continuity is because you made it up. Like, people in the right. industry you know it. You make up continuity. It's, just, it's made up. No, but you made up the word. Like, it's not like a word that, like, other people. No one's talking about, like, the continuity of my living room and, like, every. You don't have life, to worry you know? about, like, continuity at the grocery store. It's not a right. real. Like, exactly. Do, do you want to well, know? I can't buy fun. white bread this week because that doesn't. <laughs> the shot won't match next week whenever I get wheat. Like, so, <laughs> to, actually, to perfectly demonstrate how fucking out of touch and insane executives are, it was, like, revealed, I think it was today, that the, that Mattel is putting, is trying to start a toy cinematic universe featuring... Well, they were already talking about this, mm-hmm. and this is, like, I, I don't know why everybody treated, like, this is news. This is, they've been, you know, we've already know about J.J. Abrams' gritty Hot Wheels mm-hmm. movie. And, and, you know and, and don't I mean? forget Daniel Kaluuya's, like, surrealist Barney, Barney movie. Yeah, R-rated Barney movie. And, like, we already lived through this with Hasbro. Like, we already had Transformers and G.I. Joe movies come out. But you know they, what I but mean? But, like, Justin, that, if you want to rattle off the list, please. Those movies yeah. at least try to capture the fantasy of those toys. Of, like, right. say what, like, Michael Bay does, like, tries to replicate the feeling as a kid... You feel as a kid mashing two robots together <laughs> and going, and at pew, least pew, there pew, was pew. like a cartoon to base this off of, right? right? There is a base reality that does not exist right. for, say, the magic eight ball or, <laughs> or Viewmaster. <laughs> yeah, actually, I got a sick pitch for Viewmaster. Mattel, call me. I, I will say, like, uh, as as uh, you all might uh, are aware, and folks that listen to the show are probably aware, I am something of a toy boy. I do have some collectibles. This boy toy's a toy boy. This boy toy's a toy boy. And I will say, one of the things I did like about this Barbie movie is that it did appeal to, like, the playing with my toys part of my brain. Mm-hmm. You know, of just, like, yeah. her floating down to her car mm-hmm. and just, like, the funny costumes mm-hmm. and... She, like, you she, know, drinks, it just, she drinks a cup with nothing in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt, you know... Funny it, joke. It, and, 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 you know, I had, like, references to, like, 
you know, fourth wall stuff like, uh, that was Midge, we don't talk about her or whatever the line was. And we all the all the water her. is plastic, like mm-hmm. even her pool mm-hmm. is like just solid plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, she has a waffle for breakfast, but you never see her eat the waffle. You just see the yeah. waffle whole and then a waffle with a bite taken out of it. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Funny, good, good shit. It's all good stuff. It made me. They laugh. understand. Yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really hidden. Um, I guess you know we we got a couple things that we pinned before this particular episode to to circle back around on and and discuss later. There's there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of a lot, a lot of essays being written about this movie. Which everyone shut the fuck up. But Think like, pieces. is Barbie too radical? Is Barbie not radical enough? Um, and, and, you know, before this movie, I was like, well, is this movie going to be spicy or is it going to be fast food Mm. spicy where like you can go into a fast food restaurant and order something with like double Diablo sauce and it is not as spicy as Cholula that you like put on your eggs in the morning, you know, like they just, (laughs) because it's this corporate machination that like Taco Bell cannot serve anything spicy that would... Despite the fact that they're advertising it as spicy, they cannot serve any item that would not appeal to everyone on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you can't serve spicy food that's actually spicy. And as far as these things go, I do think Barbie is, like, fast food spicy. Yeah. Or it's not well, really saying anything, you, like, super fucking ask... radical. It is also a toy movie for children. Yeah. And I think everyone needs to calm the fuck down. But there is a problem... And I am I am summarizing something said by the the great critic Emily St. James, where there used to be pillars in this country, Think, things that we looked up to for for good or ill. We used the to school, be a proper country. We used to be a proper country. We looked we had our schools, we had our churches, we had our government, and these were entities that were supposed to give us moral value. Tell us, you know, how to be a good person and to think right and to be a part of a society. But over the course of the 20th century, all of these institutions crumbled and fell to shit. And so it does not, whether or not we should have ever listened to them in the first place is, is, is immaterial. There are no longer, it feels like, these guiding hands, at least in American life, shaping people into a moral upstanding citizen of society. Mm-hmm. And because these tenants have fallen away, now we need the movies to give us our moral mm-hmm. value. Something that movies are not equipped to handle. Like movies are not supposed to intentionally be moral mm-hmm. lessons. Moral lessons are cartoons that pastor puts on at church, you know, where like the dog learns not to steal. That's and they suck. They all suck universally because like movies with morals suck. Yeah. Um, movies are not supposed to be morality plays. They're not supposed to give us the texture to shape. A movie can absolutely like, you know, change the way that you look at the world or affect you very emotionally or encourage you, you know, to do something different with your life. But that's not the point. The point then this is this is why people cannot handle like the work of Martin Scorsese, which is not a particularly radical body of work as far as morality mm-hmm. is going. It's just Scorsese makes movies with the impression that you and the audience know that like killing is bad already and mm-hmm. he doesn't have to tell you that. Stealing's he, wrong. Like, stealing's wrong. Beating your <laughs> wife is wrong. Marty expects you to know these things already. <laughs> Whereas apparently people 
are going into movies with a John Locke blank slate. <laughs> like, I am a clean baby. Teach me morals, movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, everyone's stupid. B-movie taught me that capitalism is bad. Yes, people are like, Ben Shapiro has put out two full hours of video about this movie already. <laughs> like, if you, I'm sorry, if you are triggered by the Barbie movie, you are a little a child. Baby. Like you, you are, are a, you are a, you are a child. You, if you are triggered by the Barbie movie, they wouldn't let you play with Barbie dolls because it's a choking hazard. <laughs> like the shoes and the like. You just Care, you careful, can't. Ben Shapiro. You'll put your eye out. If you were yeah, offended by the uh, boys like trucks, so like, gender politics of this movie. Kevin, I'm too stupid to like really like elaborate on that on that point. It's 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 a thing where it's just like. Movies that have morals, like you said, are like they always come across so ham-fisted. Mm-hmm. The best, the best things that movies do for like morals is stuff like you watch, uh, you watch uh, Worst Person in the World, um, and a uh, great movie, but maybe Beautiful don't movie. because it will, it will, it, it will, will ruin you your life. <laughs> for um, but like, if you are a particular kind of person, that movie will assassinate you. <laughs> yes, um, but like. It doesn't have, it doesn't say like, you know, what do you think of what she's doing? What do you think about what he's doing? (laughs) But it works because like you watch this movie and you're like, oh, fuck, man, if I were in this situation, like, you know, you're constantly thinking like, what would Mm -hmm. I do? What would I do? And then you have a conversation with your friend who's also seen it. And you see that like you guys have both seen the exact same movie. You've seen the exact same frames. You've been told the exact same story, but you come out of it with two completely different opinion opinions on like what to what to do. And like, I think like that's a story's purpose is just to yes. to make you think in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many art, people art is go not to a movies. mirror; it's a door. It's right. supposed yes. to like let you through to a new place. And I think so many people like. Used to, people would go to movies singing, like, entertain me. Um, but, like, now movies, now people go to movies thinking, like, teach me something. Which? Or, you know, or, or whatever it might be. And it doesn't, like, you're going to the, you're doing the wrong thing. Like, you're doing the wrong thing if that's why you're going to movies. I would say that I, I, I'm kind of, of, well, I'm frankly of multiple minds about this. I think movies with a point of view are good. I generally like movies with a point of view. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yes, and, yes, and, yes. and generally, people will strive towards movies to communicate and then basically justify a point of view. This movie says it, and therefore I agree with it. Therefore, it is teaching a good thing. How? Uh, however, I will say that one of the things I actually I respect about the Barbie movie is that one of its key plot points, which spoiler, this is a spoiler. See, but if you if you are nearly two hours into a podcast about the Barbie movie and you <laughs> still your, haven't fuck fucking your seen it, this is on you. See the fucking movie. Yeah. Um, but I I think movie. it's very interesting that the, the can you imagine that people are like ah. I don't know, honey. I don't know, honey. I gotta... I want to hear these 
three fucking idiot men. Yeah, I don't know, honey. I can't. I can't do it until I hear what Kevin, Justin, and Vern have to say. Like, Um, like if you if you tell your partner, I I can't see the Barbie mm. movie until I hear what Kevin, Justin, Mm. and Vern have to say. Like, you're getting a divorce. No, no, that's grounds for divorce. Yeah. Tell your partner that that's not your partner. That's your handler. You have to be put back (laughs) in the facility. but but what I think is so interesting about the climax of the movie It's not the damn facility, dude. I'm fucking oh dude, I'm I can't come out tonight. I'm in the facility. I'm sorry, I can't see the Barbie movie until I hear what Kevin, Justin, and Vern have to say about it. Okay, if you finish a little bit more of your applesauce, I'll let you go back to the rec room. <laughs> Just Damn, dude, I shouldn't have smoked that shit. Now I'm in the facility. Now I'm in the facility waiting for Kevin, Justin, and Vern's review of the Barbie movie. (laughs) (laughs) While the blue Danube waltz plays in the background. They play this over the speakers in Mental Wards. Like, (laughs) Sorry, buddy, you can't listen to the Starkid review until you have your pills. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but anyway are the babies here in the room with us now <laughs> anyway i think sorry i think what one of the things i think is so smart about this movie is that it actually demonstrates a tool for breaking patriarchy which is highlighting the contradictions it is fi- it is f- seeking out the breaks in the logic in order to break a spell holding you down. Mm. That is a... Okay. That, yeah. like, that is... like Of the political tool set, that's basically the flint knife. That is the equivalent... Mm. That's the... In terms of political thinking, that is rubbing two sticks together. Mm. But lot, most people in this fucking country are still flinging shit at each other and thinking when, when there's lightning, the sky's mad at them. <laughs> this this like so this movie actually does teach a good lesson it actually does teach you how to break oppressive thinking but the people are projecting radicalism onto what is a relatively my what is a very mo- politically mild movie it's just that women is that thinking that, like, you have to think of the real world and you can't live purely in idealism. You have to actually test your ideals on the, test your theories on the real world through praxis and then grow from there. That's Barbie's whole arc is stopping living in the fantasy and start living in reality. Um, the Ken's problem is that what he, is that he lives in a rea- he lives in a fantasy that is bad for him. Kens don't Kens are not respected in Barbie Land. They have no real agency. Barbies have careers. They can be sanitation workers and construction workers and judges and scientists and authors and doctors and all of that. Kens have aesthetics. There's a reason why Ken isn't a lifeguard. He is just beach. <laughs> His job is beach. His job is beach. Which is which is which is a, a, I... an extremely funny joke, but also telegraphs. He doesn't do anything. He has nothing to do. So when he goes to the real world, all he does is just create a fantasy where he has agency. But his idea of agency is just having agency at all. 
all he like all the Kens do yeah. under patriarchy is just dominate Barbies. They don't fulfill themselves. They don't seek any enlightenment. They don't seek any betterment of themselves or the people and and their surroundings. They just want to lord over them. And I think it's very... And the Barbies win by turning that against them. By under... By cultivating insecurity in their own power to take their agency back. And so... And which is why... Ken, and that's why Ken's whole thing at the end is saying, you know what? I'm going to find purpose. I am going to cultivate energy... Cultivate energy within myself so that I will be enough. I'm not an accessory. <laughs> I am my own person. Which Babies is Baby's like, first autonomy. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> um which is again a really interesting and really important lesson young men should learn. Absolutely. Young people in general, but yeah, a lot of young men. Hey, I'm I'm some, I'm, I'm on this internet here and I'm seeing a lot of issues with our young men yeah. lately actually. Oh, I think they're taking they, advice yeah. from some bad uh, folks and I yeah. and I think because you're fucking your Ben Shapiro or your Jordan Peterson, your Andrew Tate, they are selling actualization is what they are yes. what they are trying to sell you. They say if you just do this, you are actualized. Your life mm -hmm. will be full. It's the fucking it's the series finale of Thirty Rock where Jack Donaghy is like, huh, all my pie charts are full up, but like why aren't I fulfilled? What's going on here? What's what's happening? Mm -hmm. It's like it it's Everyone's out there looking for fulfillment. Everybody's out there looking for God. And some people find it in, you know, like the Christian Lord. Some people find it in Rhea Perlman who lives in the Mattel <laughs> office. Yeah. But like you're fine. You're trying to find some kind of God to prove why you exist. Right. To someone to hand you purpose, mm -hmm. to hand you structure, to hand you substance. And if you don't find God or you don't find Rhea Perlman, God forbid, you... <laughs> Get it from Probably somewhere else. Forbid. And often you get it bad because most of the people that are trying to sell you actualization are, they they're, they they don't have anything for you. And it's going to end, it, you're, you, they're actively mm. malicious people. No one with a true sense of self or your best interest at heart is going to look at you and be like, I have the answer to all of your problems. No sane person would ever say that to another person mm -hmm. under any circumstances unless they want your money mm -hmm. you know and and so they you you everyone you're all full of energy but it's about where you direct it exactly where where are you where are you going what are you doing what are you doing that makes you fulfilled you don't yeah and and you do that by not lashing out at people just at, like like the kens do you cultivate it you cultivate self which barbie does barbie breaks out of this um like just sort of life just kind of this life around her to like feel change to like face challenges and cultivate a sense of self so that she's not barbie she is barbara right and her whole yeah thing uh, over the course of the movie is like i don't want anything to change i just want to go back to when everything felt simple and mm -hmm. right like a lot of people experience with their own childhoods you know what i mean yep. like a lot of people are like 
no, it wasn't rose-colored glasses. Everything was just good when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. I don't like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now, and that's a problem with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not mm-hmm. a problem with me. And and they they cannot get out of this this cycle of their own childhood, this sort of, like, building up your own past. It's so easy to look on any past. You could, It's so easy for a human to look at, like, the worst part of their life through rose-colored glasses and say, like, actually, I had it good then. When, mm-hmm. like, no, you didn't. If you think about it for 10 seconds, you remember that, like, no, you didn't have it good then. It's just so easy to lie to yourself and go to what's comfortable. It's why we go back to the same wrong romantic partners, like, over and over and over again. And the the solution is what happens to Barbie. Is like, you have to just grow and change yeah. to the point where you can't be in the society that you used to be in. Exactly. You you like, have changed so much, you need to leave your environment. You have to grow the fuck up. And, like, fables <laughs> are good for children. Like, mo- like stories yes. having clear lessons are good for children because children have super brains that need to, like, be formed. They don't know how the <laughs> real world works yet. They are Barbies. Right. Children don't, are Barbies. Don't. And... The, and and the problem the problem we have now is we have unformed adults still seeking yeah. lessons from their movies because it used to be you it used to be expected for you to kind of know how the world works but because our institutions have fallen there is no script there are no clear rules so people either lean into the nihilism and just do whatever the fuck they want and justify it by just might makes right and will to power or they sit and cry and scream why doesn't anyone teach me anything instead of getting themselves up and teaching them fucking selves <laughs> like ken does <laughs> like, like ken does be like ken you're ken you're ken enough this has been a big year for me in terms of um, movies affecting me in a profound emotional way that the filmmakers maybe did not intend on uh, the last three movies I saw. Well, I, uh, I, I guess three out of four, because one of those was Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Three, uh, the last three times I went to the theater <laughs> to see a movie or two, uh, I saw a movie that like, just affected me in a way that like I'm sure they weren't I'm sure they weren't planning that. Uh uh past lives had this where like uh you know that a lot of that movie is about like the experience of uh you know as an immigrant of moving to an, uh, another country. Uh and I don't know how much the the filmmaker was thinking about uh uh people who've went to whole cities they've never been to before in order to try to like figure out where they're mm. at with a person. <laughs> I don't know how much of that they're thinking, but as someone who's done a lot of that past lives, this like really got me. I, I, I allude to this on my letterboxed uh, review of Barbie, but like uh whole oh boy, was that I not as, as a person who spent uh, an entire year and a half in a pink room thinking about dying uh, was not prepared for that shoe to drop Mm -hmm. in the Barbie movie. And, uh, Oh boy, did I relate to, uh, you know, when they were doing a a little, a fun little matrix riff 
when they're like, uh, this shoe, you go back to the world you once you lived in. This shoe, you go to the future, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Uh, and Barbie's like, the Birkenstock. And uh, Barbie's like, okay, take me back. I don't want to be here. Take me back. And uh, and weird Barbie being like, N- you have to. I, I can't remember. The, you have to. You have I can't to grow up and learn dialogue. about the real fucking world. Like, you have to. This is how it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, let me tell you. It's really, 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 really difficult uh, learning. And when you realize, like, your child is not what it has been made to mm-hmm. uh, appear to you um, yeah. by uh, by other folks in your environment, oh, boy, is that a bitter pill to swallow. And, you know, like, you know, I've done the thing where I go, you know, I've done the thing where uh, – uh, you just surround yourself with material possessions, and you're like, "Ah, oh, this will fix it." Uh, and again, let me tell you, it doesn't work. Um, it's just uh, there's uh, you said there's a lot of unformed uh, people, and I think that's a that's a really good way of putting it. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that don't. You have to have friction to create a spark. Yep. And I don't think there's a lot of people who know that. Or if they do know that, they don't realize that, like, yes, there might be friction in your life, but you're tunneling in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. And th- I think that causes a lot of just, like, behavior like Ryan Gosling's uh, in this movie where it's just like, I look at her every day. Why won't she invite me to her house? Yep. You know what I mean? Just, like, it invites a lot of that kind of thinking. And I think just what has happened with this movie I, uh, I I got lucky in that uh, there are two jokes in the Barbie movie where I was like, okay, all right, guys, all right. Uh, and that was uh, the woman walking by the – the Barbie walking by the kin saying, can you explain Photoshop to me? <laughs> uh, and uh, the whole bit about the Godfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was – you know, that got me like uh, – you know what I mean? I'm like, huh, I'm off the hook because I'm not a truck guy. <laughs> I'm off the mm-hmm. hook because I'm not a horse guy. And then they do that Godfather bit. And I'm like, okay, well, listen, not all men. <laughs> you know, I just immediately listen, just like – When my I show the Godfather to someone, hurt. I sit there quietly and we enjoy the film. Uh-huh, because just my feelings got – you know, and – not, you know, I wasn't like crying, but I was just like, oh, you know, like that one hits a little close. You were seen, and you know, and I was seen, and and you know, not not in the most flattering light. And my my wife laughed at me until they did the seven hour BBC Pride and Prejudice joke, and then ha uh, uh-huh, ha, turnabout is fair play. But I just uh, I think that's a lot of where like I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna put it on the record because I don't care if this bums you out, listener. But like Ben Shapiro is a fucking twerp. He's a loser. Oh, yeah. He's a big dork. No. Uh, he's a and like, he, like he's a famous like failure in show business. Yes. <laughs> he wrote a whole uh, and, book yeah. about how show, no one in showbiz likes him or his ideas. Exactly. Like he's right. a twerp, and it's just I. I think a lot of this, like, oh, it's so woke, uh, is really, truly, it's like, I got my feelings hurt by the Barbie movie. Because <laughs> they weren't expecting just, like, a literal, like, Barbie mirror showing themselves. You know? <laughs> they, like, just a little glimpse at their... And it's, uh, I don't know, like... Again, as Kevin said, as we said, like, you were a, you were a goo-goo-ga-ga baby. Uh, if, like this movie like tilted you 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just a goo goo gaga baby. I hope you fucking dropped your pacifier and your fucking Coca Cola, you goo goo gaga baby. <laughs> You're a little baby. Baby want a baba, and I understand, but baby doesn't always get baba. And that's, you know, and that's okay. Baby needs to uh, learn to move on from baba, you know? You got to kick them babies out of the nest. Mm-hmm. And I don't know uh, how lucky and fortunate and blessed are we to, uh, you know, it's a fucking commercial, but like to yeah. get something out of the commercial, yeah. <laughs> you know, like when was the last time anyone ever got uh, something out of a commercial besides like uh, Folgers with Peter <laughs> back in the 1970s? <laughs> Christ. Yeah, well, I got something out of that. I got something out of that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, you're talking to the, you know, a, a big, big fan of the original The Lego Movie, right? Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. like, that movie opened up a portal to hell. That movie was the fucking, that's the end of Oppenheimer where it destroyed the whole world. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> Atmospheric it's ignition. The end of culture. You know what I mean? Like, and every, but it's nice when every so often when, like, something that is directly following the Lego movie is actually good mm. and nice and well made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not, and not a horror beyond our comprehension. Like, a properly radical Barbie movie would not be allowed to be made. under the, well, no, no, yeah. wouldn't be allowed to be made <laughs> under the Barbie brand. Like, no, if someone no, wanted no. to do a movie where Barbie, like, finds the scum manifesto, like, and, and, and like, becomes, like, a womanist, there's, there's it would be Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story directed by Todd Haynes, which Barbie struck down, which, which Barbie, the company, got rid of and, like, burned every copy of. Wait, what movie was this? Superstar, the the first film by Todd Haynes. Um, it, it's a it's the the a, a sort of experimental film uh, where all the characters are played by Barbie dolls. Oh, I got a copy. I can send you a link. Please do. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not even like an hour long because actually it turns out that's a real pain in the ass to try and make a whole movie that way. Um, but yeah, it's and a pain in the ass to make down. any kind of movie. Yep, every yeah. movie's a but sure. especially that kind. Yeah. Uh, we got we got a few unreleased movies between us, huh? Yeah, we got a. It's hard. It's hard to finish this. Uh, and uh, and low budget filmmaking is still high budget when you're a fucking broke ass. Uh, and and you know what? I'll just fucking say it. I don't talk about it in public, but like, uh, my unfinished movie is very much like, uh, you know, an unfortunate thing happened to me where uh, I was asked, you know, where I had to choose, like, do I put on the Birkenstocks or do I keep wearing the plastic high heels? And I go, mm. nah, ah, ah, ah. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, made a movie with, you know, some of my closest friends. And don't get me wrong, it's an experience that I cherish and uh, one that I'll never forget. Um, but what happened was, like, oh, I'll make this movie about these feelings that I feel, and then all of a sudden everything's going to be all right. And so Wait. whenever uh, production was over, and whenever like the anniversary of that thing that bums me out uh, rolled back around and I felt the same way as I did before the movie about that an- that event, like it fucking crushed me mm-hmm. and it was very difficult to, to get through. And, uh, you know, uh, movies are already difficult enough to make without like having two mental health crises in post-production. Those yeah. are uh, crises. Uh, those are, that's how it is. And uh, it's just, 
I don't want to sound like a, like a dork, but it's just like the thing that fixes that, the things that, uh, the things that do like heal a wound in your heart isn't a, a mink coat, isn't a cool car, isn't like, you know, uh, flashing your worth in a artificial way, but it's just like trying to uh, to not be a hollow Barbie head and fill fill that in, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not uh, yeah. become a uh, become a creature that is not made of lighter, easy to produce uh, pieces, you know, that are interchangeable. So like uh, with this body, it's a Barbie, but with this body, it's a skipper, <laughs> you know, like become uh, a well-made handcrafted piece. Absolutely. And it's uh, it's hard work. Uh, but it's worth it. And, uh, what happens, uh, whenever you do that is whenever rough the, and I, you know, I'm, I can only assume I don't have the plumbing to, to know for a fact, but like, uh, whenever like it comes, you know, to the point where like, you have to do something that is unpleasant, but it's part of just like the experience, like going to see your gynecologist, like Mm -hmm. you can uh, approach it with like like uh, a warmth and you can approach it like a happiness, be- mm-hmm. you know, with a happiness because uh, it's no longer part of a big pile of things. It's just right. its own yeah. individual thing. It's the joy uh, because of you did the work. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. The joy of routine maintenance. I like that. And uh, you know how lucky we are to get this uh, from a commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also how lucky are we, uh, how lucky we are to have a cultural event in which one takes part in culture. Yeah. Uh, previous to this, like cultural events were like, well, we're all getting together at Steve's house and we're watching the Super Bowl. We're watching a game. Uh, but uh, this cultural ph- phenomenon, Barbenheimer, that's taken uh, the world uh, that is not Asian-speaking uh, speaking countries uh, by storm. Uh, yeah, Barbie uses a nine-dash line in that map of the U.S. and the world, and that's uh, that's not cool. <laughs> um, but no, no, no. Uh, weird, Barbie does that. You know, uh, she she has a lot of political theories. It's weird. Barbie uh, does not recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. <laughs> oh boy. Um, uh, but uh, the, 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 uh, how cool was it that like we had a cultural event that took the world by storm where everyone got up and took part in culture? Yeah. Where we went to a movie theater and took in culture and like a shared cultural experience. I, I had, yeah, that's I, I had work Monday and the. Uh, I was on set and the number one like topic of conversation between takes was like, what do you think of Oppenheimer? What do you think of Barbie? Uh, the first, like, just like how Kevin, Justin and myself do a pre-roll where we spend 40 minutes talking about the, the reefs uh, before a pod. Uh, the first That's good. Five, That's ten, not wasted the, time. Uh, the first five, ten minutes of my like counseling session this morning was talking with my counselor about how much we both enjoyed the Barbie movie and like, you know, how we responded to it and things like that. Like, uh, how cool is it to like, uh, as I said, like to have a cultural event about culture where mm. a group like where we all took in culture and uh, and thought about it with our brains and analyzed. Did you like this one? Did you like that one? I like how this one did this. I like how that one did that. Uh, what order do you, you know, just like conversation about what order we take them. Like, mm-hmm. that's cool. That kind of shit doesn't ever happen anymore. 
Uh, and that's, you know, I think the, the closest thing we've had to that ever is, do you see white and gold or do you see black and blue when you look at the dress? Uh, and like, uh, wow, like it's cool that we got something way meatier with more meat to sink our teeth into, mm-hmm. uh, than that with yeah. Barbenheimer. Uh, that's cool. That's cold, Jay. That's cold, Jay. He has something. Uh, Barbenheimer, Barbenheimer is a good experience. Uh, and Barbie's a good movie. And so is Oppenheimer. Ain't that something? Ain't that two movies. Two movies that people were excited about and wanted to see came out on the same day. And it broke everyone's brains. They're just so not used to getting go back in the back in the 90s this was do regard happened fucking every week basically and yeah 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 there was like in the same week yeah counter programming is like a a tried and true method at the box office but because like studio contracts are such where like if you want to get the new ant-man movie you have to clear out 80 percent of your theater for it contractually whether or not you'd make more money screening other movies in those slots instead, you know? Movie like, theaters are now have now become the way of, like, the airlines where they just broker territory now <laughs> instead Qantas, of actually just crashed. offering competing services. Ugh. That's that's wretched what you just said, but so, so, so true. Justin, <laughs> you got your finger on the cultural button once again. <laughs> I always do. Yucky. You always fucking... You struck oil, baby. Um, yeah, it's gross. Anyway, Texas if you... Tea. If you are somehow listening to this like two weeks after these movies came out and you ain't seen them, uh, big old recommendation. What are you from fucking doing? Get oh, off busy? your ass. Get what are you doing? You fucking break, taxes? Come on. Organize a facility break. Get out there with your bros. Much like how Jack Nicholson took everyone fishing and one flew right. over the cuckoo's nest. Yes. Get out there and go yeah. watch Barbin. Throw, throw a sink it. through the window and run. Yes. Don't walk to Barbenheimer. <laughs> Uh huh. Chew yeah, on listen, your juice. You got to space fruit. it out. You know, have a meal in between mm. or something. Yeah, yeah you, you have to have like a, a little bit of time. You need you, 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 gotta, you need a cool down. You I need... don't think under any circumstances watching five straight hours of media is good for the human brain. I think you need to take a, take a walk. And it's not good a... to sit down that long anyway. Yep. Yeah, no, like... it sure isn't. Yeah, take a take a walk around the block at least. Uh, you know, my wife and I we Grab went and saw it together. I was very surprised because. My wife is a normal person and not <laughs> someone who would normally, like, have a good time. Like, their idea of a good time isn't spending six hours in a movie theater. Um, but whenever... My girlfriend, same way. Uh, whenever they said, let's do both, I was pleasantly surprised. It meant I got to see Barbenheimer sooner than I thought I was going to be able to, which ruled. Uh, but we, uh, we, we saw Oppenheimer. We went and got ourselves a little, a little tiny lunch. We uh, we went and saw Barbie at a different theater, so we had a little bit of a drive, uh, just where we could like, uh, nice you know. Break. So it felt nice like break. an, a, yeah, just make it feel like a break, but also like more time to sit and uh, think about Oppenheimer, you know, uh, yeah. on our way to uh, also see the sun for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, little, uh, a literal, D. a literal change of pace. Uh, oh. And then uh, we went to uh, the, we we saw Barbie at the Broadway Theater in Salt Lake City, the uh, the best theater in Salt Lake City, and wow. uh, it always shakes out with new releases at Broadway. Where uh, your movie starts at four thirty, the doors will not open until four twenty five, and so you're just sitting in the lobby with a bunch of strangers. And it was great because everyone was getting their picture in the little stand, but oh, everyone yeah. was so also, e- 
But everyone was also talking like, so you've already seen Oppenheimer? What do you think? Oh, you're seeing Oppenheimer next? What were you thinking? Uh, you know, it was just like... Uh, Correct. For for uh, not since the days of Pokemon Go have there been people <laughs> just like bonding over like, oh, yeah, I, I, I can't believe it. I got an Alakazam. Uh, <laughs> you know, just like talking about their experiences and how that's they true. chose the day. And that was, that's I don't know, it's... Uh, it was a really cool time, and uh, anyone who has not had that experience yet, I think you're really missing out. And if you're uh, if you not had that experience because you're afraid of the Barbie movie hurting your feelings, you're a goo goo gaga baby. Uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer would not feel as bad about the nuclear war because he knew you'd be gone. <laughs> he know that it'd blow you up. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my thoughts. When- when you when your wife drives you to go see Oppenheimer's, you have to put you in car seats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't open that bottle of pills on your own. You need your wife to. Help. And you just react. To, you react to Oppenheimer the same way that a Furby does, and go, "Ooh, loud sound, <laughs> close face, close face, knee sleep again, just like a." Just a I am death. I'm Destroyer now of worlds. Death. Um, <laughs> until somebody builds a bigger Furby. Until someone builds a. Until, until, builds until a some Furby. wretched Hungarian <laughs> commissions a bigger Furby. <laughs> commissions a bigger Furby. We must get this Furby wet so it's made. I multiply. hear they're working on a. I hear they're working on a. Furby that looks like Gizmo from the Gremlins movie. Oh my god. My god. Oh my the Soviets god. have developed a Shelby. Uh, uh, speaking of Oppenheimer, movie trivia. Oh wow. Oh, Did boy. you guys know that <laughs> this is true? That Matt Damon and his wife, who I, I wish them the best, I hope they're doing well. They've been in couples counseling, and no. Matt Damon, as a w- way to like work through all this, said like, "Hey, I this is important to me. I'm not going to take another movie role uh, while we work on this unless Christopher Nolan offers me." <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nolan was at the door with a cup to his ear, uh-huh. listening to this conversation. And he said, "His, his old Interstellar buddy." And then, uh, much like, much like Jay Robert, uh, Nolan as Matt Damon's like doing his scenes, and Nolan is just seeing like the destruction of a marriage play out in front of him. But yeah, I learned that whenever I was reading about Jay Robert Oppenheimer. Raindrops rippling out through a divorce, <laughs> like <laughs> cascading through like a family breaking up. Uh, both good movies. Both good movies. Check them out, folks. The movies, they're great. I love them. I like that people are actually excited about them for once. Absolutely. I I know, like, I, it, it's fun to hope and wish and dream that, like, Hollywood would be like, oh, shit, people turn out for good movies and where we let filmmakers just do, mm-hmm. be them. Uh, but but I, in, in classic Hollywood fashion, yeah. they will think it means we want movies based on toys. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> just like how, uh, you know, Inter- uh, Inception came out and was a huge hit and Hollywood's takeaway was like, Okay, loud blows and trailers. Okay, that's all we need to know. Just like whenever Deadpool came out, like, okay, R-rated superhero movies. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, 
<laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like uh, Holly, Holly bonehead's learn so and, quick well, no, to I would love mistake to, a fresh I would love breath to meet the clinical psychopaths else. who try to do who actually give into Saw Patrol, where they oh see God. the new Saw and Paw Patrol movies, so that we can <laughs> capture them in a butterfly net and take them back to the facility. <laughs> Defund yeah, so, Paw Patrol. Saw Patrol is a fucking trap. You're gonna walk into the theater and you're gonna fall into like a big. No, pit. no, no, no. What happens is they go into the theater and a man Jigsaw. in a white lab coat comes out and says, "There is no double feature. This we we are here to take you to the facility. You are clearly yeah, but, oh, oh well. the facility. No, <laughs> the facility. Anywhere but the fucking facility. Oh no." And all the and are the Saw Patrol in the room with you right now? Uh, I know Saw I made. Patrol. There's I, a <laughs> fundamental problem with Saw Patrol in that the appeal of Barbenheimer was that you could go see both movies, but yeah. the demos of that movie, of those movies, are too different. You can't. You can't. Mm-hmm. Paw Patrol is for like people who are offended by Barbie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> need like something softer. <laughs> something, uh, that, like, something that also supports something for children that also supports our boys in blue. Yeah, yeah Paw and, Patrol and is for literal. Saw babies. is for like thirteen-year-olds. It's yeah. too different. The ages are too mm-hmm. different. I, I, I. That is one thing that like I'm so worried that like. They're going. Uh, folks are going to try to like duplicate, you know, this Barbenheimer thing, and try to oh, do they like definitely are, you know, and just like, oh my god, I can't believe you guys, you guys aren't going to see. Uh, this is a bad example. The first thing that came to my mind is uh, Flintstones, where it's both the Flintstones and the Jetsons <laughs> in the same. But that's the. <laughs> And that's that. That's Some actually shit counter-programming. Yeah, I feel like yeah. you're no, no, jamming no, up no, your no, own No, no, Vern, it's the Reefermans. The Reefermans. That's right. Or they see. The Fableman or the Reef, the Reefs, and then the Fablemans. Good double features. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Licorice Pizza. Uh, Lost in Translation and Her. Uh, any, any, any more? Any more? We're thinking good double features. Uh, uh, I once pulled. Uh, the in fact the only double feature I'd done before Barbieheimer was Battle Angel Alita and Captain Marvel. Oh, okay, all right. I okay, okay. See someone is an SJW. I, I oh, oh, sorry. No. There's someone at the door. It's it's the doctors. I have to go back to the facility. <laughs> back to the facility. Yeah. Back to the facility. Years and years and years ago, uh, I did, and this is a true story. I did the first Avatar, followed by <laughs> Up in the Air, starring George Clooney. Yo, hell yeah! Followed by Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey. Wow, Dude, triple I, feature. I did three. And uh, that was uh, a terrible idea. Not yeah, good. that's an awful. That sounds wretched. No, and it, as I, I enjoy most, if not all, of those movies, but yeah, that sounds that sounds miserable. But in the same day, are you kidding me? That's too many movies. That's too many. That's too many. Too many. Uh, I can't think of anything else. Uh, Bob, no, I think I think both, we said what needs to be yeah, said. Yeah. Both movies. Are this good. is the final text on Barbie. Um, we've said everything. Don't say anything more. This is the last one. We did it. We did it. No need for anybody to keep going about this. Uh, I'm probably going to go by, uh, because they've got Barbie and Ken dolls where where they're wearing the wardrobe from the movie, and I'm probably going to go by at least one of those. 
Sorry. <laughs> but Listen, they're cute. Whatever. I want something to remind remember the fun day with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Whatever whatever works. Yeah, with the theater I went to, they had mocked up some like Oppenheimer Ken doll and like a Barbie Barbie. Oh, that's cute. I love that. I remember seeing was, that on your feed. Yeah. Yeah, it was cute. Fun. I don't know. Everybody had fun. Everybody was just having a nice day. You know, maybe you got a little sick of the memes before the movies came out, but then you had a real nice day. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Next time we're going to talk about, we're going to be talking turt. Mm-hmm. Uh, hurting for last, a turtin. Hurting for a turtin. Uh, did you guys dress up when you saw Barbenheimer? No. I went right <laughs> after work. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you were doing a sort of gentleman's dinner kind of kind of situation. <laughs> Follow up an eight-hour workday with a quick six hours of movies. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, I'm very glad I went with friends. Oh, that was good. I'm glad. Um, I have a, uh, a Greta Gerwig t-shirt that oh. I bought. Oh, Cute. tasteful. That was me, but it it was sweaty. It's in the hamper. I could get it if you boys want to see it. But, um, <laughs> no, clean I have a Greta it, Gerwig t-shirt. Um, and that is what I wore. It is sweaty because it was very hot on Barbenheimer Day, and we did a lot of walking to get to brunch. It was, mm. uh, you know, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. I, uh, Nicole and I dressed up. Nicole wore this, like, neon-colored, like, she had this, like, MTV track jacket and, like, neon, oh, uh, like, yeah. uh, and, like, a pink baseball cap and, uh, same color scheme, uh, as her windbreaker, like, uh, like, running shorts, uh, I did all pink ensemble, uh, pink dress pants, uh, and I had a pink, I have a pink SpongeBob Hawaiian shirt, uh, and I realized how horribly insensitive this was, but I had to do that one because Bikini Bottom, where SpongeBob lives, is underneath Bikini Atoll, where they tested all the nuclear weapons after <laughs> World War II. But I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of the the thing and dress up. The movement. Anyway, yeah, we're talking turts uh, to, uh, next month. Uh, I'm excited to look at that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, that's what we said about this one. We're, like, excited to look at it. And then it turned out it was really good. I don't know if the turts will be the same way. But uh, I'll find out here in the next calendar week, probably. <laughs> that movie comes out extremely soon. Does it really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it does. comes out on the second. I, yeah. Oh, whoa. Uh, on the second? Yeah. I feel oh, like next Wednesday. Holy shit. Oh. By like the time this podcast is dropping, oh my yeah, gosh, we could be, we could be talking turtles right in, right on like time, already, right on time. August turtle time, turtle time, pizza, pizza time, o'clock. pizza time, amazing. Um, if you made it to the end of this episode, again, God bless you, God, God, God bless you. If you made it to the end of this episode, at me on social media or get in my DMs and say. We listened to your episode in the facility. Um, <laughs> they pipe it in. That's the code phrase. <laughs> they so I know who the real... Like um, Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Yeah, right. and they every... played over the loudspeakers as, like a, as a... Drops <laughs> a needle on a real culture. <laughs> on a vinyl yeah. pressing of this podcast. <laughs> Listen, I... Th- okay, boys, I want you to hear me out here. After, you know, we start putting out these specials that we've been making... If there are like ten idiots who would buy it, I think we we do like a double sided LP with like the Mario's for babies on one side and the movies for Barbies on the other side. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I I think or the uh, or actually, what if we did the Super Mario Brothers live action and the Super Mario oh, double Mario? Uh, yes, yeah. Some, somewhere disc. around here, um, uh, down with the the rest of the the vinyl, uh, we have uh, Hollywood Handbook did an episode that was exclusively on vinyl. And the only way you can buy it is buying this record. Uh, and it is really cool. So, like, maybe, like, maybe we do a movies for babies on, like, high fidelity. Or we do live, live to tape. Yeah, yeah, that, like, you can only get on. Yeah. That might be. We do, like, we do, uh, we do, like an Italian neorealist film, like Bicycle Thieves. <laughs> yeah, we get really Oh, and we can, have the, we can have the big debate. Uh, which translation is more accurate, Bicycle Thieves plural or bi- Bicycle Thieves singular? It's plural. That we have a spirited discussion about that. I'm into I will it. Fucking, I will fucking throw down on plural. Oh, not me, baby. And I'll Damn. moderate. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get a Ouija board and bring back Visconti and ask him. <laughs> Weigh in. But none of us speak Italian. Okay, okay, fine, fine. I'll be the medium for Visconti to speak Good. through. Yes, please. <laughs> and we're all just like fucking puking our guts out afterwards, <laughs> and because we just encountered a, a, a character from another plane of existence. A possession. Yeah, yeah just... we've we've learned that the afterlife is real. Like yeah. <laughs> recording a stupid fucking. You'll like, you'll oh Satan must exist. We'll you'll know. You, the energy in the podcast will abruptly change when we all feel like the cold lightning of a specter passing through us. I like, uh, I, yeah. like the spirit leaves me, and I like, I look to you two, ashen face, sweat pouring off my body as I tell you, boys, I've been to hell, and it's Catholic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and we, uh, and this just for the for the rest right, of our lives for the rest of our lives we have this like every once in a while this sporadic very bitter metal taste in our mm-hmm. gums <laughs> from whenever we encountered a spirit uh, uh, and we just that's just something that we have to and we can go through our faith crisis we're like well we've experienced firsthand proof of an afterlife uh, I you guess know, I'll that can, start being Jewish I guess uh, yeah that'll be fun to, that'll be all fun for the vinyl yeah, I that'd think. Be good. Yeah, that'd be that'll be really good. So that that's fun. We just need to like know the exact number of people who would buy it. Mm-hmm. Yes. We each get a copy for our posterity, <laughs> for our for our lineage. To be if, played upon my death. If there's people who'll buy it, if there's people who'll buy it, I'll 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 tell how much of my bit about the effects of uh, talking with folks beyond the grave is is legitimate. I'll I'll, I'll share with you how much is that? How much of that is pulled from real life experiences? Recording, but a we podcast have to... to be played at my funeral, an exclusive yeah. funeral <laughs> podcast. Um, Can I hear anywhere else? Like and, it's, yeah. and it's not about like my loved ones. It's not about my no, hopes sure and regrets. It'll be about like Good Burger. It's about like <laughs> it's about like. The straight to VHS McDonald's movie. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, no, I will do that now. I will talk that now. (laughs) Ronald scared silly or whatever. Yeah, no, no, the the fucked up ones by Klasky Chuspo, the like Rocket Power uh, Rugrat Studio. Are my grieving my grieving widow having to (laughs) hear her last word? My last words be. And so, like, Mick Kids for the Nintendo uh, had this interesting <laughs> two-player mode where all your 
all your loved ones, your your friends, your collaborators surrounding your dead body as you talk about like grimace getting rimmed as I assume we would. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did you guys do? Did you guys? No, 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 no. Knowing us, knowing us, it would be about how the Hamburglar does either the JFK assassination and or nine oh, yeah, eleven. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Well, that tracks. That we tracks. Would, we would die. I would die Hamburglar to Manson so fucking fast, uh-huh. dude. And just I'm doing some some sort of uh, bit about, uh, you know, referring to Hamburglar as like 24601. Written, <laughs> written on the wall instead of Helter Skelter is Robble Robble. Robble Robble. <laughs> die, Fry Guys, die. all right i gotta caffeinate i have a cold brew in me let's fucking barbie baby uh hi i am movies for babies listener kat scott you can find me on other tv's kevin lanigan projects i heard that you all were discussing barbie and i am famously non-binary and I had many thoughts about Barbie. It'll be interesting listening to a group of quirky men recap Barbie. I'm looking forward to hearing this episode. Um, I've spoken to TV's Kevin Lanigan a bit about my thoughts about Barbie, I believe, or I just have talked to many people about it. And, uh, and so therefore it's on my mind I saw it opening night on Thursday at the Grove in Los Angeles, a popular location to see films, especially monoculture moments. And everyone was dressed up in pink. There were the girls, gays, and theys, mostly gays and girls. There were probably some some theys sprinkled around like me. I went as... Ken, um, Beach Ken, which was fitting given the plot. And I went with my high school friend Susie. Everyone was wearing a cute little outfit. There were TikTokers outside cutting together little TikTok snippets. That's the high Barbie trend. And there was, I think, like $75 convertible, like uh, collectible convertibles available for purchase there were little like float floaties that you could put your drinks in but those were sold out by the time we tried to get drinks so it was just kind of like excellent vibes across the board um it felt kind of like when a harry potter movie was coming out i hadn't quite experienced a cinematic moment like that since more fabricated traditional ones like Rocky Horror and when I came out of it that was that's so that's my my going in impression and leaving impression before I even talk about the piece is leaving it I felt like I had just been to Rocky Horror it was that level of audience engagement interactivity camaraderie we really felt like we were in community with each other enjoying this um so then the film Sure. So Greta Gerwig is a director and she got to direct this. And Margot Robbie 
is a producer and she got to produce this and she also got to star in it and margot robbie is a star i was listening to some podcast that was sort of roasting how i can't remember which one it was but basically it was like margot robbie has the same star power as any other celebrity it's like give the, the reviews have been like give ryan gosling an oscar and like rising movie star margot robbie but she's been around since fucking wolf on wall street and she produced this too um so margot robbie superstar and obviously nobody but margot robbie could play this role and it was really funny to have that director's bit in barbie that was like note to director don't cast margot robbie for that part because i in that moment was like i can't believe they're doing this right now i can't believe they're trying to make us feel like (laughs) margot robbie is ugly i loved all of the kind of winks to camera during the macho era of like learning like mansplaining photoshop and taking off the glasses and um explaining the godfather these are all bits that i've done myself and i just felt so seen by the film for including that um i would say like big picture this film is i've and i've been saying this this movie is a masterclass in explaining what the patriarchy is to children and what like third wave feminism is to children and what kind of feminists they might meet they might meet the bimbo sex worker friendly beauty standard friendly ones or they might have this more like cynical like the the teens uh that that group of tweens that were characters that perspective is also included and i i like that they kind of honored both perspectives one like the ignorance of the white girl feminism barbie privilege and then sort of the super cynical nature of uh like shitting on barbie culture i thought I thought that this is a children's movie (laughs) and I have to keep coming back to that yes it was like made for like nostalgia and stuff but like that's you know that it they did that and that that is helpful if I it would be helpful as a child to have seen this movie um the Ken of it all I think the Ken of it all was fantastic. Sometimes a little much. I think this movie is camp by definition. I think we finally have camp. Um, but it's also funny. It's it's a little satirical and it's camp. It's like a really, it's a tough, uh, tough to strike that balance. And I think this movie did. Did I think it was a good movie, plot, like story, etc.? No, but I think it was an immersive experience and I think it was a community experience. Um, I think I'm going to do drag to I'm Just Ken. I think Sam Smith covers the the like manly song, which is awesome because Sam Smith is not a man. 
Um, so there's a lot of like kind of winks and nudges to queerness. What I kind of really didn't like is that still the thesis of this film was like, there are men and there are women and there are women that can do things like men can do. And there are men that should feel more comfortable doing women things. But there was actually like no non-binary it was like so binary in a way that it was like I don't know it was like purposefully absent of like trans experience there was yes a trans actress in it but her role in that is not to be like noticeably trans like she's a woman and that's the thesis like trans women are women correct she's binary and (laughs) there was just like no gender variance anything and um i get that in a way but i also just think like if you're going to make such a gender tm movie like why why not have just like one percent five percent a small moment of non-binary i think the closest we had was weird barbie and i think the loudest i laughed in a in the whole film was the montage sequence of destroying the Barbie because that was my experience and that is the queer slash non-binary experience of Barbie many of us were like ah that's an early queer route to like completely fuck up a Barbie um and just do nasty stuff with it I also think there was an opportunity to acknowledge lesbianism in Barbie and how that is huge and making your Barbies kiss is a huge part of early queer early lesbian experiences and finding community in that there was not even a hint not that this movie needs to have everything and it definitely doesn't need to have characters for everything it's just it was so deliberate in some ways that you're like it deliberately didn't do this and yeah somebody said to me like and i don't know if that's true that Greta Gerwig is not a feminist or has identified as not a feminist um sure and i could see i could see how they would how this movie yeah i could um okay also i know i completely left out america ferrera yes she did a great little monologue at the end but that whole part three was not for me the by then i was kind of like okay i'm just kind of here for the the colors and the vibes and no longer the plot lost the plot for me so like cool good good like much like avatar (laughs) barbie oh shit i just realized i've been recording these with the fan on the whole time i'm so sorry everyone anyway it's textural it's atmospheric it's what was i saying you can edit this if you want kevin Oh, with monoculture, you have to, and much like Avatar, you, you have to kind of, you're, you're casting a wide, wide net of audience. You want, like, all, all the audience. And so I understand if uh, I had to keep things real simple. I loved that Ken wasn't interested in the patriarchy when it wasn't about horses anymore. Um... I think they had fun with Ken. I think Ken going into the real world 
and it being centered around men i thought that was a really smart reversal when it first happened i was like oh cool that's cool that that's what this movie is about um because we didn't really know um and i thought all the other barbies were fun um but it was still kind of like one beat the whole time and that's probably on purpose um but anyway i'm pointing out things that like i understand why they're there they just didn't really work for me um and as someone with adhd there are just some things that when i like check out i'm i'm checked out and i'm not really in the movie anymore uh and then i come back in and ultimately my opinion doesn't really matter about barbie it's not going to change anything i'm pretty sure it's like breaking records or whatever uh but interesting commentary on consumerism and uh kind of critiquing consumerism and yet like barbie was branded for every possible brand beauty brand like towel brand anything you can brand things that i didn't even think you could brand as barbie there was a there was a gravity bong that was branded as barbie um i think or they just were like doing the pink thing anyway um i'm just everyone's gonna buy stuff and there's still gonna be so much plastic (laughs) in these landfills uh with barbie but that's okay and i think for art it was it it, yep yeah it's a movie i didn't see oppenheimer i will say that i haven't seen it so this is just like a purely barbie informed approach it is not informed by like seeing both at the same time uh and i related to the existential dread I like that she goes to gynecologist, but that whole like 20 minutes leading up to that, I wasn't really there anymore. So like the, the whole like white space, nothingness thing, that wasn't, that was not for me. That was not for me. And when people came out and was like, I cried like three times, I had to like think back and be like, what, what points do people cry in this movie? (laughs) Maybe the America Ferrero thing. I don't know, but it was, it was giving women's march 2017 but a film and that's my thesis said i don't know if i've ever been good enough i'm a little bit rusty and i think my head is caving here and i don't know if i've ever been real in love but him let's touch me and i feel like something's got to give And I'm a little bit angry Well, this ain't over No, not here, no Not well, I still need you around You don't own me We might change, yeah Yeah, we just might feel good
think that the truth is gonna hurt you And I don't know why you couldn't just stay with me Couldn't stand to be near me when my face don't seem to wanna shine Cause I'm a little bit dirty, oh well Tell your friends about this show.